Hey, Jason. Yeah, what's up? What you doing? Oh, nothing. Just hanging out. Oh, cool. Me too. Yeah. But did you know that we're actually part of a podcast? Wait, what? That's right. That's right, because we're talking about meta movies on Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer to reference it <laughs> hello everyone i'm insane mike your host of attack of the killer podcast like how i'm saying it slower that Jason. was nice i was gonna say something but right. sometimes you get mad when i say those things <laughs> uh, well you know normally i don't like it when we pull back the curtain to <laughs> but, reveal. but that's what this episode is all about it's the meta movies episode where we're going to be talking about meta films. Now, I did look up Wikipedia's definition of meta, and it defines it as a prefix used in English to indicate a concept which is an abstraction from another concept used to complete or add to the latter. So that didn't help me at all with, the, with right. uh, what, what meta spoke. Um, so how I define it is are movies that are self uh, self-referential uh, or self-aware or like movies that are about making movies or living in the world of the movie itself. So I looked it up too. Oh, what'd you come up it's with? It's called Meta Cinema. Okay. And it's a style of filmmaking in which the film is presented as a story about its own production. Oh, that's so much better than the one I looked at. Yeah, yours... <laughs> it's a movie within a movie. Why do we even this is what I always bother used to doing them. homework? <laughs> okay, but before all that, you know what time it is. It's time for the podcast crew. Now, I just gotta say, there are certain rules that one must abide by to successfully survive a podcast. For instance, rule number one, you can never have sex with uh, Dustin Neal. Uh, no! no! <laughs> 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 Number two, you can never drink or do drugs, yeah, or do drugs, like Jason Bollinger does. That's right. I love the drugs. <laughs> Give them all. Give me drugs. Give me drugs. And never, never, ever, under any circumstances, say Terry Turford. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> That's no fair. Uh. Okay. In the mirror. And, <laughs> and lastly, the most important rule to surviving a podcast, Sam Hayes. <laughs> hey. <laughs> the most what? important rule. Yep. That's sure what that means. But... <laughs> Since I'm like literally right above you in the house, Jason, that probably echoed. Yeah, I can kind of hear you. Yeah, that's awesome. Now your mic's all adjusted weird and you're really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, but yeah, no John Sullivan today. Yep, no John Sullivan. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Pretty good, I just had some pizza, so I'm great. Ooh, I had pizza too. Nice. I'm having pizza right now. 
Yeah. Damn it, I want pizza. Yeah. I had a hamburger. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. It's no. a pizza podcast. No. Podcast pizza party. Rule number Shit. five, finding a podcast. You must eat pizza. <laughs> Wait, don't we always reference the podcast as we talk along? <laughs> Every right. single episode. <laughs> how, more, how more meta could we be? It's uh, never like, oh, hey, nice, wow, fancy meeting you on Skype. You, you see any good movies? And then just keep talking? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so before we get into the topic, um, uh, one thing I want to bring up is uh, I just want to make this announcement that our film company, Prescribed Films, has <clears throat> is now being seen on Bizarre TV. What? Whoa. Um, That's awesome. Yep. Uh, Bizarre, Bizarre TV. Yeah, it is. Bizarre TV, for those who don't know, um, it's a, a live streaming channel. Uh, you can watch online or um, on Roku. And I've been a fan of Bizarre for a while, so it's awesome to have this partnership with them. Uh, they, they're starting, uh, they, they're showing right now in their rotation our films One Bullet, It Came from John, State Rape, Misadventures of a Satanic Cult, 1 and 2, or 2 and 3. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, yeah, what one? Uh, um, so yeah, that's exciting. That's awesome. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how how do we watch it? Um, online. <laughs> What's oh. the web's address, Mike? Mister Prepared. That's a good question. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, he obviously your- doesn't watch it online he watches it on the roku i just going to say like yeah that isn't that like a, a service that you can get like on a on a one of those devices yep yep that's where i watch it is on roku quite often um so yeah well, it's good awesome. thing i have a roku there you go snap yeah. <laughs> add that shit <laughs> <laughs> okay and also, we um, are introducing a new segment. We're saying goodbye to an old segment and saying hello to a new segment <laughs> that we're, put, we're putting this new segment at the top of the show. So, um, Gore Games is no more. We say goodbye to Gore Games. We will miss Aww. you. But Dustin has a new segment, which is going to be a lot more interactive uh, with the rest of us than just listening to him go on about video games which is a bummer because that, that that was my pee break but anyway um, <laughs> his new segment is called killer news now it's time for killer news ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast all right, let's let's see if this works. Let's let's try this out. I'm gonna get my feet wet with this, um, but hopefully everybody checked out the Insidious Three, or I'm sorry, Chapter Three trailer that I put on our wall, um, and hopefully people that are listening can watch it too, um, so we can discuss and provide feedback for the Chapter Three. Did everybody get a chance to check it out? Yeah, I did. Yes. Okay. Um, for those of you who are out of the loop and for some reason haven't seen Insidious 1 and 2. This one is Chapter 3, and it is a prequel 
for the first two movies. And they just released the trailer yesterday. And yesterday was Tuesday, which seems like usually that's when like DVDs and movies and things come out. And there's a little controversy that no one seems to be talking about uh, for the trailer. And it was that it originally came out on Monday. And then they pulled it off the internet. And they said, don't worry, we're going to release it tomorrow. And of course, it came out that next Tuesday and everybody watched it, blah, blah, blah. But what's weird is that Bloody Disgusting is usually the website that I go to when you know somebody releases a trailer. They released the or they they showed the trailer. I went to go watch it and it was like two seconds long. It was like a quick, you know, yes. super teaser. I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? And it showed like you know like three seconds of Lynn Shay, and I was like, okay, well, you know, that, that's okay. And then at the bottom it says the company has taken the trailer off the uh, off the internet. It'll be released tomorrow. And then I swear, not just a couple more hours after that, or maybe it, maybe it's the next day. I don't know. I have to look at the times. But they came out with this article. Bloody disgusting. Says uh, the worst movie trailers that spoil movies. Mm. And I'm like, Uh-oh. hmm, what's going on here? So I watched, and as you guys did too, watched the Insidious Chapter Three trailer. And uh, watching this, I felt like they gave a lot, but I'm kind of wondering what that other trailer showed to see if maybe they showed a little too much. And, of course, I don't want to know hardly anything about this movie, but I'm mm-hmm. so excited about the trailer that I decided to go ahead and watch this and see what you guys thought on it. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it showed a lot, but that it was still pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um that so that's supposed to be the one that tells too much or whatever? Uh well, I no, I think this one that came out oh. yesterday is the I this is the just a theory. I'm not saying this is what happened. Uh the I just got a feeling that the chat the 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 trailer that they released Monday for, you know, however many hours was one that maybe showed a little too much and they retracted that and released this one yesterday and you know i'm sure it you know okay. it has been altered but i was just curious what you guys thought about it because it you know i'm a big fan of the movie the one and two i know a lot of people fucking hate this movie and you know hey, you mean the franchise three, or yeah. yeah really yeah i don't get it i think it's a good franchise i, I think those that are um butthurt about the franchise is probably just those like those naysayers of like, oh god, another ghost movie or another possession movie, whatever. And yeah, that's the current trend. But uh, I know we've said it in the past to like, you know, just be grateful that there's any freaking horror movies being played in theaters anymore. And those same people, you know, same people that that bitch and moan about, ah, all they do is ghost movies. You need to kind of stop and look in the mirror and ask yourselves, are you fans of Friday Thirteenth and are you fans of like Fun House and Halloween? Because those movies were at the height of what was known known as the slasher trend. And that's all they did back then. And you had a billion times more slasher films during that time frame than there are ghost movies today. So, you know, hell, I'll take any movie in a horror movie. Especially a franchise franchise that um, stays true to its... To its narrative, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, the Saw movies were good for a while, but they trailed off. 
Um, they kind of strayed from from what they were about, and like this is really what I really liked, and what I loved about the second one. It really um, continued to define this universe, the Insidious universe, and what what the rules are, and what's what's taking place, and 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 our um, our repeat characters. Like I was excited as soon as I saw Lynn Shay, I was excited to see her. <clears throat> I've never been a big fan of going backwards in the story. Of, of like say prequel or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, I I wonder if they um, and I'm not sure what the connection is. I mean, I guess we won't we won't know until we see the to the movie and what the connection is to the rest of the franchise. Right. Um, what is exciting about it is that they've called it Insidious Chapter Three, and we know the second one is Chapter Two. So I yeah. got a feeling that if if it doesn't tie in with the first two movies, they would have called it Insidious. The beginning, or insidious, yeah. you know the, you know something, Zero or, or, yeah, yeah, along yeah. those lines, <laughs> yeah, you know. But you know they they've called it chapter three, so I got a feeling that it's going to tie in, hopefully perfectly with the rest of the series, and, and yeah, and what they established in the second one is like, hell, you can jump all over the time stream in in this franchise; it doesn't matter. Yeah, it became more more than just a horror series. I mean, it, you know that whole. The, the further or whatever it was called it's just a, a, a cool idea and just you know the characters the the i don't know i just i just really love this series and and i got a feeling that uh since we're talking about it now we'll probably get a lot of comments about how many people hate it <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine and i hope they do it'd be it'd be interesting to get more perspective on why the hate yeah yeah i think another reason why there's hate on the franchise is because of that whole that whole time travel thing that they did in the in the second movie. Spoilers for who hasn't seen the second movie, but um, <laughs> but uh, that whole time travel craziness, which it is kind of, it is kind of crazy and is a lot to wrap your brain around. But you know what? You know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm also kind of tired of of all these people of like over analyzing <laughs> film, over analyzing cinema. You know. Because when you do that, then you just you're just going to end up with a bunch of like stale movies that are just completely grounded in reality and no fun. Whatever happened to the word suspension of disbelief? Yeah. <laughs> why yeah. why is why is that no longer a thing? You know, and and for crying out loud, I've been reading comic books the majority of my life. You know, and it, it, I've come to accept like super powered beings that could fly, that can talk to each other in space, that can like shoot laser beams out of their eyes. You know that can that can swing from from rafters on ropes. You know whatever the case may be. Um, so, but it's not okay to accept, you know, be time travel in the supernatural ghost world or whatever. You know, whatever. You know, yeah, it's that's just, that's a really good point. Yeah, we can we can go and we can watch you know Captain America and Thor, and you know and love it. And, and of course, those are all you know excellent movies. But they're all, you know, <laughs> you know, one's a god and one has been injected with, you know, whatever, and, and they're doing all these amazing things that no one in the world can do. But when you watch a horror movie, it's like, oh my god, why? Nobody would hide under the bed, idiot. You know, it's just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense why you you can't flip flop or you know, just like you like you said, you know. To, be able to watch a horror movie without having to take it so literally. I remember uh, an interview with Bruce Campbell way back in the day during around the Evil Dead 2 days and talking about, you know, um, the dumb things that him and his, the other characters would do in the original Evil Dead. And he just said, yeah, they're idiots. They're dumb. 
if they weren't <laughs> if they weren't stupid and making stupid decisions, you wouldn't have had a movie. So yep. it's very true. True. But yeah, chapter three trailer looks pretty cool. Like I said, they show a lot, but I think they kept it pretty vague, even though I mean they showed a lot, but you don't know what's going on. A lot of stuff's out of context, but Yeah, um, that that dude, that evil dude looks pretty fucking scary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to have Lin Shay back in it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, it's about time it's about time having Lin Shay like as a lead character. You yeah, know? it, it so looks like she's there. she's the front lady in this and that's and that's Good. exciting. She deserves it. Yes, definitely. I have one other news tidbit before we move on to our topic, and it should only take a moment. But just so you guys know, and this is big. This is, hey, hey, this is pretty <laughs> big fucking news. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie has joined Rob Zombie's new movie, Thirty One. Oh my God! Wait a minute, that's can news. You, can you fucking believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> it's hard to believe. I'm shocked. Yeah. I, does anybody know anything about 31? Do we know what it is? I, I think it's just about, it takes place in a carnival. It'll probably be good. I'm just curious that, you know, they're no adding idea. all these actors to it, and it hasn't even filmed yet. And it's out this year? It's going to come out this year? Yeah, I, I, I think they started production, didn't they? Did they? Okay. I, I thought it was, but I don't know. I've seen I some thought... photos. I thought Justin said this weekend they already shot it. Oh, he did say that. Oh, who the hell knows, man? Uh, wow, okay. Well, I've, I've just been seeing articles about you know people being added to it, but I guess that doesn't mean you can't go back and reshoot things. But Yeah, that could be true, too. Going back and changing stuff or what have you. But, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see a n- another you know original zombie picture. Hopefully yeah. it's... Yeah. I think it'll be better than Lords of Salem. Did you like Lords of Salem, Sam? I mean, I, I thought it was kind of disappointing, but I can also appreciate it. But, uh, no, it was kind of disappointing. Well, it's got issues, but I, I love the movie. And yeah. I, and I'm fine with the issues because, to me, it's so much like an Italian horror film. And, you know, you could drive semi-trucks through plot holes in Italian horror, in any Italian horror <laughs> film, so... Yeah, if you're lucky I think the big problem is it just had it. Uh, we, uh, man, I wish I knew small what budget, episode I think they got, it was, but budget got cut we, at the end there. Gosh, was, we stripped that movie like down into the that fucking bones. You didn't get the film if you re- if you read the original, you know, treatment. What happened? I don't know. I don't know, but Jason, did that? Did you hear the same thing I heard when where Dustin Sam and Sam Dustin were, were talking over each other for like yeah. a minute? Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming there was some kind of crazy delay right there. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> uh, everybody's back now. That everybody's back? Awkward. Okay. So, Terry. <laughs> would you, yeah. you, just to jump back a second, you didn't get a chance to pipe in about um, the Insidious Chapter 3 trailer. What'd you think? I mean, I'm a big fan of the the first two, so I'm excited to see what they'll do with the third. Like you said, I'm always kind of hesitant when they do the prequel sort of things, but um, I won't I won't pass judgment until I see it. But it look it looks good. 
Like it, it looks just as good as the other two. Who's directing this one? Do you know? It's um, it's a, it's the guy that wrote Saw with uh, James Wan. I can't yeah. think of his name, but um, okay. he's kind of been a, a partner of James Wan on every James Wan production. So I have faith in him. Mm-hmm. It, um, you know, and there's always that hesitation when you have somebody who you have one director that has done both films or done the whole franchise up to a point and then it jumps to another guy. You always have that hesitation, but again, I go back to like Friday 13th, there was a different director on every single one of those movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, aren't they all from New, New Zealand? Like, aren't I, the, almost all the actors and everybody they use just about from New Zealand? It seems seems like it they are. New Zealand or Australian? I always thought, oh, well. I, I, thought I read James Wan was Australian. Okay, maybe that's it. I was just getting, I got ex- kind of excited there for a second that maybe, you know, this could be considered part of the New Zealand horror and that, you know, it could be lumped in with uh, Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah, you Probably could do, not. You could do it anyway, it's all the same. Australia, New Zealand, same thing. <laughs> Well, that's all I got uh, for news, guys. So, yeah, well, killer news. Yeah, I got I got one bit of news. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I just picked up the newest <laughs> copy of Whor- of Whorehound, and let's pack our bags, boys and girl. We're going to the Texas Frightmare Weekend in huh. Dallas, Texas, May first through the third. Phantasm reunion. Whoa! Oh shit! Yeah, Don Casarelli, Michael Baldwin. Angus Scrim and Reggie Bannister. Boom! Oh, what does that what did that say? Oh, okay. It just it just says in celebration of Phantasm Ra- oh. Ravager. I was I was like I was hoping maybe it was a screening. I just saw all those guys in Chicago. I'm Jason. I'm cool. Plus a couple more, but that's okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, now we can move on. Oh. <laughs> we should go anyway. That's like a fucking awesome convention. I would love to. I'd love to. Yeah. yeah, speaking of Phantasm, have you guys all seen the new trailer for, what is it, number five? Ravager? Yeah. Ravager. Yeah, Ravager. I have not. I haven't either. Mm-mm. It's yeah, got to come out soon. Yeah. Now, here's a situation where I am nervous because Don's not directing that one, right? Right. Yeah, but... uh. The guy who is directing it, David Hartman, he's done some really good work. He's done like a lot of horror comedy shorts. Okay, I, I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, the trailer looks good. It's interesting because I think uh, Angus Scrim has a stand-in for the wide shots. Oh no! And uh, whoever they got for the wide shots, you wouldn't even know. You would think that's fucking Angus Scrim from the first Phantasm. Yeah. And it looks really good, I think. I think it looks really good. But, you know, they do the close-up stuff, and then it's obviously him. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, you know, it looks it looks a little goofy. And, of course, all Phantasm movies are. But it looks also, like, just part of that style, that really cool good Phantasm style. Good. I definitely need to check out the trailer. Huge Phantasm fan. Love that series. You know, and eventually they have to wrap this wrap this storyline up. They do. <laughs> Angus. Yeah. Especially now that they're having to use stand-ins for the wide shots for Angus, that tells you that like he's getting too old for this shit. So yeah. <laughs> okay, meta films. Let's get Woo. into it. I the whole reason why I wanted to do this topic is I think literally the day I watched this movie is when I 
told you guys what the topic was because yeah. <laughs> um, I just was really excited about this movie and and how meta it was. And that is the new, that's what I'm calling it, the new town that dreaded sundown. Yeah. Holy shit, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, you did get a chance to watch it then, Jason. Yeah, I watched it last night and it was so great. I, I just thought about it all day today and oh, loved sweet. it. Cool. I good. loved it so hard. <laughs> Well, and then like you know, over the weekend you heard you heard Justin and I talking about it, and yeah. that, that how cool was that opening shot? That's like that right that opening shot just hooked me, and I was along for the ride no matter what happened, just thanks to that opening shot. Um, well, never mind, I'll get into it. Uh, I, I should hold off on that because I should say what makes this movie um, fall in the category meta. And why I call it the new Town of Dread Sundown and not a sequel or a remake. Because, I mean, how do you classify it in that in that context? Because, I mean, you can't. It's not a remake because the first movie happened in this reality. But it's not a sequel because in this storyline, the movie happened, but it was a movie that happened. You know, it, it's a movie inside the movie. And... It's kind of supposed to be more based in reality because it acknowledges the original murders from the 60s and this new guy's a copycat killer of that. And, oh, it was just, it was such a cool concept for the whole thing. So there's, there's, so there's clips of the original movie kind of layered within the whole movie um, as reference. And oh, I, I just thought it was a, a brilliant idea on, on, um, going back to this to this particular movie, yeah, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I just saw the original too late last year, and um, I don't know. I didn't think much of it, so I was kind of worried about this one. I didn't know what they would do with it, yeah. but it was really really clever. Like, yeah. I'd be interested to. I wonder where they got the idea. I mean. I don't know, but yeah, I, was, I mean, I was blown away. So anyway, and it, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna, I was just gonna jump back to when I was saying about the opening shot. Starts off as a clip from the original movie, and and then it kind of starts to pull back, and you realize that this is this is not happening. It's something that's being projected. And then the camera pans up and over top of this drive-in movie theater screen and down through the cars and this long, awesome, just like tracking shot through all these cars and uh, introducing different characters. And if you really pay attention, there's introducing of like little minor characters laced throughout this scene too, which is cool. <clears throat> oh, just the opening shot. Well, first of all, anytime... Anytime you have the drive-in environment in a film, you know, you got me hooked right there. But it was just shot so well, so beautiful. And as soon as it, as soon as I saw that it was the movie being projected on a screen, I just instantly I'm like, oh my god, this is this is genius. What's what's so funny? Oh. He gets excited sometimes, Terry. Yeah, let's so go. Sad. You know, I thought it was great too. I I've never seen the original, and I feel like I might have appreciated little 
little moments throughout the movie a little bit more if I would have, or maybe um, caught more references along the way. But it was a lot of fun, and it, it kind of kept you guessing. And a lot of movies anymore are far too predictable for me because I watch a lot of, you know, mystery horror films that, you know, you kind of got to guess the killer or whatever. And I had no clue until, well, yeah, I I won't spoil anything, but there was, there was a moment like right toward the end that I kind of figured it out, but only part, part way. I don't. (laughs) Well, towards the end, they tell you. Well, so you really didn't figure it out. They just they told you, Terry. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mike. <laughs> Towards you. jackass. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear about from Jason. I haven't heard him get this uh, excited about a movie I recommended in a long, long time. So <laughs> tell me, Jason, what did you like about this movie? Uh, I I enjoyed the cinematography. Um, it was um, yes. it, it looked really good, and it had a some really cool style to it. Not just there wasn't just that first long shot. There were several, you know, good mm-hmm. planned out choreographed shots, and the color scheme with the lighting and everything was cool. Was it, or were you? Was <laughs> I? Did I think it was? I'm just no, kidding. I'm I'm just saying it. I'm was. trying to give you crap for <laughs> I'm adding picking to your on Terry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yep. And oh, the fucking music! I loved the music. Mm, the yeah. score was awesome. I loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, going back to the cinematography, one thing I really liked was how they, you know, they peppered throughout the movie those, you know, split diopter shots. Uh huh. Where you, you kind of have, you know, two nap- two f- focused things that are right, like the foreground on one side and the background focused on the other side. It just gave it like a really seventies look. It, it yeah. was almost kind. Of, it was almost kind of like they're trying to make it look like a movie. So it's almost like a movie within a movie. <laughs> That's a movie, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like movieception. <laughs> Totally. But no, it, it just made it look like almost kind of, you know, 70s and kind of mm-hmm. artificial. I yeah, don't know. No, I, just thought, I just thought it was interesting how they kind of layered some stuff in there like that. I don't know. You're absolutely right. No. That's a great That's a great point because that's a that's a style that they literally do not use anymore. Having, yeah. um, you know, both both perspectives in, in, in focus like that. Yeah, and they do it a lot. <clears throat> And they do it a lot, and they do it old style, old fashioned style of like you could see that little tiny blurred line in between the, in between the two of them where, where they have the double focus. So, yeah. But no, yeah. I just thought it was really sharp. You know the writing. Mm-hmm. Just lots of great moments. Like, I don't know. It's it's like a really tiny moment, but uh, who's that dude from Office Space? You know, he plays like a ranger. But there's just like this one moment I remember, and he's like, you know, he's getting a blowjob, and he <laughs> he goes to reach for oh. this, he goes to reach for this gun, and for like a split second, you're not sure if, you know, maybe he's the killer, but then yeah. he just grabs some beer. I don't know. Just, that was a good moment. Yeah, I like that. 
great clever little bits like that that keep you guessing. There was a lot of, you know, plot twists and I don't know. Great yeah, stuff. A lot of plot twists, yeah. It was also, this was one of the last films for Edward Herman before he died. Oh, I was surprised yeah. to see him yeah. pop up. I did too. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I said that out loud. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Sure. <laughs> whoa. I was like, Richie Rich is dead. <laughs> He's in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that guy. I didn't recognize the name, but it seemed. Yeah. The guy who the reference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I almost didn't really. I mean, I, I had to think about it for a while. I'm like, is my sh- is is it is it really that guy? He, you know, he's definitely aged. Yeah, I yeah. chose him. <coughs> yeah, I love the uh, the main actress in this too. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, has she been? I need to look up if she's been anything. I was gonna do that the other day. Yeah, no, I was trying to think what I knew her from because I I knew I knew her from something, and uh. She was in Californication, if you've ever seen that oh, show. Oh, that's why she looked familiar. That's which, it. uh, which speaking of meta meta horror, she, you know, in that show, she plays an actress. And, uh, there's this one episode where she's making a zombie movie. So it's just kind of interesting, kind of another meta horror connection. But, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was great. Like, besides being really cute. Like there were, yeah, decent like, um, lot decent amount of close-ups, and she, I thought she just knocked it out of the park as far as, you know, drawing us in and showing us her scared, and like there were just a lot of nice still moments on her, and I thought she kicked butt. Yeah, well, and it's the movie's all about her pretty much, so she has to carry the thing. So yeah, she did a really yeah. good job. Really good job. I I would like to see. I liked to see how the killer in the movie was copycatting um, moments from the original film, and how it was kind of called out as it being a copycat thing instead of just like, you know, if you were to see that in like a sequel or whatever or a remake, you know, like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. You know, there's like moments they they literally just copied from the original film but did it worse uh-huh <laughs> um but in this they like rectify it by just you know because he's he's a copycat killer and and this the whole movie thing and it's interesting too because like i mean i i kind of already knew quite a bit about the history but uh you kind of learn quite a bit of history of this town the real life history about this town and the killings that took place you know how this how this uh town is like literally on the border of two states and it's got two sheriffs and all that jazz. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Interesting, also interesting fun fact that we learned over the weekend. Our, our buddy Justin, um, who did uh, some of the supplemental material for the original Town of Dreaded Sundown Blu-ray. And he was in Texacana working on that supplemental material at the same time they were filming the the, the new movie. Mm. Did he get to see anything cool? Uh, he didn't really. He made, it didn't really sound like. He, I thought he got said he got called for some things like for the new movie, but he's like, no, I'm the with the old movie. Well, yeah, uh, he he made it sound like really he was unaware that they were even there 
um, until he got like called out by somebody. He went to go do an interview or somebody, and people were confused of whether or not if he was with uh, if he was with Scream Factory or if he was actually working on the new movie. So that's the that's the only reason why he knew they were there. Hmm. I'm going to assume by um, Dustin's silence is that you didn't get a ch- chance to see it. No, I didn't. Dustin, a, it's so well, good. Okay. You're going to love know, it. I've I know. been looking at it for since it came on Netflix. Or even before, I'm, I wasn't really interested because I saw the original and was like, oh, that was totally, perfectly all right. Do you think <laughs> it could have been called something else and just been a really good horror movie? No, it's it's like so connected to the original. Okay, all right. It's not a remake, but it is. But it's not. And it's not a remake. It's not a sequel, but it's highly tied to the original movie. Yeah, it is interwoven with it. It's pretty amazing how they did it. Yeah, not, I love. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just I was just afraid of building it up too much. But, I one of my favorite parts was when they flip back and forth between the old scenes. Yeah. And yeah. that was a yeah that was awesome it made me want to watch the original <laughs> when i didn't really i didn't really care too much about it before but yeah a lot of really cool little moments there where they just you know they just splice moments the original movie in amongst them what's going on in the current movie yeah like when when the town starts like you know boarding up their doors and you know locking <laughs> doors and you know calling in the kids and all that jazz, and then there's those, there's a few shots from the old film interlaced with that, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, you know, there's one kill in this movie that always kind of, I thought was kind of goofy, the trombone kill. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah. What do you guys I think love that one. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. <laughs> That's like the iconic thing of the original movie, so I was really excited to see that they that they brought that they uh, brought it back sorta in the in the new movie. Uh, the thing that the thing that really got me about all the stabbings was the uh, the foley noise. Oh, they made that so sound uh-huh. so brutal with the with the um, sound effects. Yeah, that the trombone. Uh, see, I didn't know that was coming or that it was possibly coming. I had no uh, idea. So when that came up and he was like playing with the you're trombone, like, really? like what's what's happening? I was like, why is he why is he playing a trombone with this kid like tied up and <laughs> torturing him? <laughs> and then I, I figured it out. And it was goofy, sure, a little bit. Especially since he was like blowing a little air into the uh-huh. mouthpiece and like making a little noise i was laughing but it was still at the same time it was so brutal that i was just like what is going on and too many emotions at once <laughs> well and i think terry that's definitely a moment that you would appreciate more knowing the first movie because yeah it is straight from the first movie and again it's like the most iconic kill of the first movie so of course they had to put it into the new one <laughs> <laughs> so goofy but good yeah <laughs> yeah it's awesome man what else we need to convince Dustin to watch it no no you've convinced me oh, oh okay you I'll have to just it. you just have to give Dustin time to watch it 
Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I'm just I'm just happy. Um, you know, the majority of you did get a chance to watch it. That's good. Because again, this was the movie that that made me think of doing this episode. So I had to start with this one. I had to. So good. So much fun. <laughs> great, great, great movie. Do you got do you? Now at the end, they kind of almost set it up for like another sequel. You know, they kind of leave it open. Do you think maybe they could go somewhere with it, where she goes to California and all that? Oh yeah. Uh, who knows? I, I actually I hope not. If the Scream franchise taught me anything, of like, if it's not gonna be the exact same uh, person in the mask every single time, a la Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, then it's better just to leave it alone. You know? Yeah. Because Scream, and we can get into Scream, so I think that's a good segue. But my biggest issue with Scream is, like, by the time you reach part four, don't you think, I mean, if I was Niv Campbell, I would just shoot myself. Because, like... You know, everybody you ever meet is going to end up dead and it's going to be un- just happen to be another person in your life that decides to put on the ghost face mask and kill everybody. Yeah, but there's 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 so much of a gap there between movies that, you know, she she can get to the point where she's oh, okay, things are normal now and you know, I can start to live a normal life and then bam, people start dying. See, here's, but it's just, it's so, it falls into Jason's favorite thing for me. It's just such a conveniency thing that it's, it always happens to her. <laughs> she always, she always survives it, and it's always somebody trying to get revenge on her for something. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, so either she is meeting the most vindictive, unoriginal people ever in her life, or I don't know, she's just a magnet for, for serial killers, I guess. I don't know. It just it just seems to get a, a bit uh, ridiculous in my mind. I, here's the thing. If I were to make a part five, I would sit down and pick apart the first four movies to the point where I would figure out a way of saying it was Nev Campbell was the killer the whole time. Because that's the only <laughs> thing that makes any goddamn sense. At what point? At what point would anybody stop and look at her and say... You know, about every so many years or so, a bunch of dead bodies just start happening to pop up around you. Maybe it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Could be an interesting angle, I guess. But I think as far as um, the term meta, uh, meta films, meta cinema, as Jason put it, uh, I think really became heightened thanks to the movie screen. Would we agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's with the uh, heavy sigh there, Jason? Oh, you know. I do. Does everyone else? I don't think so. <laughs> they don't, because they're part of that generation. Well, I don't want to do that either. I... <laughs> I, think I, I think I know where you were going to go, and I think I know why you... Is, is it the, the writer or whatever? Well, yeah. I know well, you said you well, didn't like the writer before. Well, yeah, he wrote one good script and built a career out of it. So, we're, and we're just jealous about that, really. But <laughs> yeah. No, what did you? What do you think I was going to say, Mike? 
I don't. I'm not gonna bring it oh, up. I don't know. I I was just curious now. <laughs> the 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 trend that that movie started back in that day, but then well, I just got done bitching about uh-huh. people bitching about trends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I actually wasn't. I mean, it changed horror movies, but as far as the the meta part, I don't know. It's it's good. It's a good movie. The uh, first one, the first one's great, and I also love the second one. And I can, and I can accept the second one. The third one loses it for me. The fourth one's not bad. I kind of it kind of gets back on track, but also at that point, I've kind of like given up on the Sydney character at that point. And there's dialogue in the fourth movie that drives me up the flipping wall. You want to talk about the over, the over meta, um, meta dialogue? You know that happens in like the the you know the first three movies. It's like so over the top in the fourth movie. It's just like people are having. It seems like the whole third act when the killer's revealed, all the dialogue is is like. Well, you know, when they do remakes, it's this, or in the new film, it's this, and then they do it, and it's just like, oh my god, enough with the. It was a throwback. Nobody talks like that. They were just going back to how it started. Why not have it be over the top and just make fun of the the whole entire series with your last film? Just, I thought it was good. Yeah. It's not because there's a Scream television series. Did you know that? What? Yeah, I kept reading about that. There's a Scream TV series happening. Mm. Yeah, isn't Wes Craven going to do like the first few episodes or so? Or Oh, is he? Awesome. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. I think I think like he is one of the key components of the of the success of the franchise for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> So, Terry, tell me about the first time you saw Scream. The first time I saw it? Oh, gosh, I don't even... Do you have a driver's license yet? I'm sorry. I'll stop. (laughs) Go ahead. Driver's license? (laughs) Were you in this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) well, first one came out, what, 96? Or so? Uh, 95, 96? 96. Um, no, I did not have my driver's license the first time I saw this. Just to rub it in your face. Um, <laughs> not that, I guess it's not... Whatever. Um, I do recall watching a, um, several of these. I don't know if it was all, all the first three. At a slumber party once and someone ruined all of the killers for me. Like they spoiled them while we I was so oh, that's pissed. An ass whooping right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I think at that point I'd already seen the first one though. I'm not sure. But I I love this entire franchise. It's I was gonna do a marathon. I, I managed to rewatch the first one before a bat invaded my apartment oh. and I was gonna I was gonna watch more of them but I'm glad you're still alive I'm still alive no rabies or at least I won't know for another couple days if I'm gonna die so <laughs> but yeah I love them I know they're a bit cheesy and whatnot but and scream four yeah I can say, like it gets a little over the top but 
I was just so excited when that was coming out to theaters. Oh man. So good. I loved it. I think, I kind of think too, with the direction they wanted to go with Scream 4, that they should have went all the way with the whole remake angle. And, and they should have killed Sydney off like right away and then just make the rest of the movie about these new characters. Because that's what a remake is. It's different actors. It's not the same. That's what Elm Street 3 did. Yeah, and I thought that they that's what they were going to do going into it, but I'm not disappointed with the way they went with it. I don't know. Well, 4 is still better than 3. Yeah, I don't remember 3 that well. 3 is the most meta of them all. That's the most meta, yeah. Yeah, because... Because they're making... That's the start of them making the Stab movies. yeah? Or no, not the start. No. Stab they're, 1 was in they've, the first. They've created the franchise. Like, it's deep within the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's... Uh, she's... The, yeah, the guy Roman or whatever is the director and... Slash brother or something. <sighs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. No, wait a minute. <laughs> now there's some things coming back to me about the fourth one. Um, do you think the fourth one... I mean, they all have a bit of comedy to them. A bit of winking, obviously. Sure. Do you think that this was definitely to be going more over the top with the comedy? Because the first five minutes of the movie is, you want to talk about meta. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With everyone sitting watching the movie or whatever. It, like, unfolds five times before you get to the reality of the movie. (laughs) I loved that scene. I thought it was awesome. But yeah, it was definitely more direct comedy there at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Almost felt like I was watching Scary Movie there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. As silly as it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciated it. I thought it was I thought it was funny, but Yeah. I just I just remembered that. Remember yeah. that exchange. That's what I always remember the most looking back at that movie. I need to revisit it because it's been a while. But The only thing that stands out to me, I just instinctively, I just instantly remember the reveal and all that dialogue at the end, back and forth. And, oh, yeah. On, on how this so-and-so person is going to be the star of the remake of the new franchise or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, Cindy Prescott, just give it up. Sydney Prescott is badass, man. She's dealt with so much shit. She's, she's like a legitimate final girl. Like, yeah, she's four times. always the final girl. Like, how many? There aren't like hardly any characters that are like that. No, I mean you can say that definitely for sure about the franchise. It's the only franchise. Well, really, the only franchise that. Um, it's all about the protagonists and, and not not the antagonists. Like, yeah, like I, and I think that's that's cool. I mean, sure, yeah. we were like, ah, hack slash kill, the winner comes out on top and whatnot. The, the winner, the killer comes out on top in the end, but Sydney Prescott prevails. Mike, if you have an issue with Sydney Prescott, how do you not have an issue with Courtney Cox? Uh, Courtney Cox's character and and Doofy. <laughs> Doofy. <laughs> Dewey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doofy's his name in the uh, scary movie. Yeah. Uh, oh. 
Um, I do, but at the same time, it's like all four of these instances, it, it all revolves around Sydney. Like if Sydney was out of the picture, people would stop dying. Because <laughs> it's always revenge on her, right? Mm-hmm. At least one, well, one, one, two, and four. I can't remember who the killer was in three. It was the Roman guy who was like her brother or whatever. Half brother. Uh, yeah, I don't remember his motive in that one at all. Well, half the people were going after Sydney because they didn't like her mom. Like it wasn't even her fault. They're like, your yeah, mom was a true. slut. We gotta kill you now. Well, obviously, yeah, the first one... Well, I thought the first one and the second one was kind of a combo score of, like, I hate your mom and I hate you because of what you did to... Spoiler alert, what you did to my son at the end of the first movie. Yeah, I think the third one, it's the director, Roman, and I think he was, like, the bastard kid of her mother, and he was jealous of the attention she got or something like that. I don't know. It's been a while. So one of the things that the Scream franchise did was like take the the old quote unquote under um, un, um, non written rules of a, of a horror film of a horror franchise and basically wrote them out and shoved them in your face. And, <laughs> and the cool thing is, is like um, and how that plays into what happens within the film. If Scream has added anything to the rules, it's like um, don't be the daughter of a super slut. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Sam, you've been quiet about Scream. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. I've only seen the first two. Oh, really? So the, the third one is a lot, a lot create, a lot more meta. So, okay, so I have a question here for everybody to wrap their brain around in the universe of Scream. Mm-hmm. Okay. In part three, we have the greatest cameo in a horror film of all time. No. Jane, Jane, Silent Bob show up on set. Or show, they're on the they're on the lot. I guess. You oh could say. yeah. Taking the tour. <clears throat> also, Wes Craven plays himself in part three. Uh huh. In Jane, Silent Bob Strikes Back, which has Jane, Silent Bob in it, and Wes Craven filming another Scream movie. So does that mean that the movie Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back takes place in the exact same universe as the Scream <laughs> franchise? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. It's all related. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part five should be a monkey under the ghost face mask. <laughs> oh, now I want to watch Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Did you guys, did you guys hear they're making a mall rants too? Whoa, yes. Yeah. How's that going? Oh my There's god. No balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. And Jason's like, yo, there's still malls. Yeah, there is, but you know. But the, not, but the, the mall culture. Just not is, in our towns. Yeah. Well, that's very true. Yep. The mall culture is is kind of irrelevant compared to what it was back then. Maybe that'll be what it's about. Yeah, it could be. Maybe it's about more about the dirt mall. <laughs> because there are plenty of those. <laughs> Ours was a regular mall where we live, and then it turned into a dirt mall. So, <laughs> like, literally, 
a dirt mall. Does it have Does it have a woman with three mil- three nipples to tell you your future? <laughs> I'm sure that's a coming attraction. I hope so. Call me up when it happens. They got one of those banners on the outside of a store, you know, getting ready for three nipple late. <laughs> one of the things that the the Scream franchise kind of started in the '90s was these like series of horror films that had legitimate stars, or as I refer to them as horror movies full of pretty people. But what I think kind of lo- they lost track of the whole thing and what what why it was so awesome in Scream is you start your movie off with one of the biggest stars of the whole film, the most recognizable face of the whole film, Drew Barrymore, and mm-hmm. she's the first kill. And that's what makes that's what makes the whole move one of the one of the things that makes that whole thing so impactive, impactful. It's just like it's the whole um it's the whole Janet Lee thing in Psycho. Uh it's like you just did not expect them to kill off Drew Barrymore. That's true. That's very true cuz man, she was hot back then like she was on fire like doing Mm -hmm. all kinds of big movies and like this was like the it movie to see that year because it had drew barrymore in it and you're right killing her off just like at the first you know 15 or however long that that first sequence is is kind of just it's kind of jarring in a way because you just figured hey this is drew barrymore she's hot right now and she's in this horror movie this is gonna be really good and then bam she's dead oh shit no one's safe yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so it sets that up Uh, you're right no one's safe um you know they could kill off the lead character for all we know and 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 that was the genius move about a having her in the movie and, and and b starting the movie off the way it did for sure yeah yeah but then it's like once you get to like, I know what you did last summer, you know. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's not gonna die. And we're not gonna see her topless. And, uh, so sad. Anyway. But yeah. But then again, I guess there wasn't any nudity in Scream either, was there? No. No. Just Rose Mowen's hard, hard nipples when she's going to get the beer out of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else about Scream? I only know that because I literally watched that that scene before the podcast started because I was um, the hard, writing... hard nipples. Well, I they they jumped out at me because I was watching the oh. scene of J- I was watching the scene with Jamie Kennedy where he um, talked about the rules, so oh, I could no. so I could copycat it for our intro for your guys's intro. Sure, Mike. That's that's uh that's why you're you were watching it. So, yeah. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure we all are in agreement that Scream is the best out of the franchise, the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'd probably yeah. Go first, yeah. Yep. What's what's your second favorite? Uh. <laughs> One, two, four, three. Yeah. That, that'd I'd be think, my ranking, yeah. <clears throat> I'd probably go that route, too. I was almost inclined to say one, four, two, three, but... 
I think I like the second one better. Four is good. I, I like four. I really loved four. I thought it was great. But Yeah, Mike. <laughs> cheesy dialogue or not. Oh, it just was a bit much you, for me. I need to uh, maybe go back and watch it with a little bit more of It was a bit, bit much a... for Mike. Did everyone hear that? <laughs> he's usually think... such a huge fan of cheesiness. I am. Wait till you hear Insane's picks for this episode. Um, <laughs> no, I... I don't know. I think maybe I need to go back and watch it with staying in the mind frame of that first five minutes. <laughs> like the first... Because the first movie is so... It's, it takes it. I mean, it's not overly serious, but I don't know. It just feels like it has its feet a little more planted in the ground of reality than the rest of the franchise. And sure. by four, it was. It felt felt like it. You know, there's several of those moments in there that it felt like it quite, quite a bit strayed from that. But I watch it again. I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> and pause <laughs> unpause what'd you think so i loved it terry was right yeah she usually is yeah i'd have to say it's the best one in the series <laughs> <laughs> the people might have fallen for it could have had them could have had them all right okay enough about scream Terry, what meta movie do you do you want to talk about? Oh my goodness. Um I don't know if we've really discussed Wes Craven's new nightmare that much, have we? Nice, good. We can go with that. Doesn't matter, okay. we will anyway. Alright, cause this is one of the first Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street movies I saw. Whoa. Like, hmm. I mean, it was out in 94, and, you know, I'm young hmm. and things. But it's, yeah, it's <laughs> one of the... F <laughs> but it's... I legitimately... Like, I remember being haunted. Like, the hospital scene um, when the babysitter, you know, is getting dragged on the ceiling. Because I hadn't, I hadn't seen the first one before that, so I didn't realize that was kind of a throw back to the, the first one or whatnot but that haunted my dreams man I thought that was so terrifying but as far as meta-ness I mean this movie is crazy meta I mean you got oh, yeah. <clears throat> you know they're making a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie and you got Wes Craven and you got Robert England and Heather Langenkamp as themselves, and mm -hmm. even got the new line. Um, uh, the sh Robert Shea. Robert Shea, yeah, he's in it yeah. playing himself. Yeah. Lynn's, Lynn's in there too. Um, she's, yeah, but she's as a, she's a nurse though. She's I was gonna say oh, she's yeah. not playing herself. herself though. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. You it's, got John, John Saxon in there uh, playing himself too. He's he's the guy who played uh, Heather's father in the original Nightmare right. on Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have that cool moment when when it takes you a minute to realize that she's in the dream world when like he's having a conversation with her, and he's talking like he is Nancy's father and not, um, uh, John Saxon. So yeah. 
Yeah, no. Excellent. What's yeah. so fucking awesome about this movie is that you have it's like there's already so much history. There's six films in like thirteen years of this established franchise that is straight slashery movie narrative film and then and then you go and shake it all up. Yep. <laughs> That's what's so fucking crazy about it. Just you never would have oh. Ah. What I what I think what I think what Wes Craven did though it was which is is ingenious in the fact that you know it's a it's a new Nightmare on Elm Street film where in it they're making a new Nightmare on Elm Street film, but it's out of the reality of the other six films, purposefully to where it's not going to taint anything that came before it. Right. It's not like reinventing yeah. the franchise to continue forth. It's just like, you know, hey, here's another here's a new idea. Let's take a look at that. Loved it. Yeah, it can stand on its own. Yeah. For right. sure. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why they gave it, you know, Wes Craven's new nightmare instead of calling it a nightmare on Elm Street, blah 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 blah, you know. It kind of sets it apart a little bit more with the title. Mhm. Yeah, true. The, I will say, after I did a last year or within the last couple of years, I did a complete rewatch through the entire series, like in order. Um, and you definitely appreciate it more being more familiar with the other films. I wish I would have had that experience the first time I had I had seen this, but you know, you take what you <laughs> yeah. get. Uh, my only complaint about this movie is Heather Langenkamp saying fucking Dylan like 200 times during the movie. <laughs> Seriously, I, there was a count, so I'll have to look it up on IMDb, but she says Dylan so fucking much. It's so annoying. I hate it. I never noticed. <laughs> there's awesome. probably a super fat out there somewhere. Oh my God. Yeah, there's gotta be. Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> that was That was my only real complaint about it. It just, it really, it was scratching at my ears the entire time I was watching it huh. most recently for some reason. It's been a while since I've watched it. And let me ask you guys, because I have been wondering for a while and then I've just been too lazy to do the research. Because, um, like, everybody in this movie is reality for the most part. You know, Robert Inglis playing himself, Wes Craven's playing himself, Heather Lenkamp's playing herself. <laughs> the only fictional character in this movie is this is the actor um, playing Dylan <clears throat> um, but in the beginning of the movie it's established that Heather Lennonkamp um, is married to this special effects artist and I've never bothered to look I don't know if anybody can shed some light on this is that her real life husband because in real life she's married to a special effects artist I don't think it is. I think I looked that up before. Okay. It's just some, yeah, They, they it was a reference to that, I think, but I don't know. Her husband might not be able to act. I don't know. <laughs> Could be, who knows. <laughs> and, I, and that never dawned on me until, like, way later when I saw Cabin in the Woods and the supplemental material on it. Mm -hmm. And they're, 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 they have this whole 
um, behind the scenes on the uh, special makeup effects monsters that they made for it, and ninety five of the ninety five percent of the person that the interview in it is Heather Lenningkamp, and it's it, but it's Heather and her husband's last name, so it's not Lenningkamp. So I'm sitting there watching him like that old lady looks an awful lot like Heather Lenningkamp, and she sounds an awful lot like Heather Lenningkamp, and I'm like, oh my god, it is. <laughs> and, just, and then and then it all just unfolded for me like. Holy shit! She's been a special effects artist. So that in the beginning of Nightmare, uh, New Nightmare is is for real. Well, except for him dying by a possessed special effect and having a car accident. <laughs> but it makes it that much more real. Yeah, I mean, talk about a happy. What help? Talk about a happy uh, coincidence for Wes Craven. The fact that she married a special effects artist had to like play perfect into the into the script for the new movie. <laughs> Will you play like Nancy it. one last time? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I've heard a lot of people complain about Freddy's look in the in the new one. I liked it. I thought it was like kind it of a too. neat. I thought it was kind of a neat um, amalgamation of like the Freddy Krueger look and whatever this demon, this dream demon creature, supposed to be. You know, because it has, it definitely does not have like a straight up burned flesh look to him. It's a bit more on the supernatural side, and how the glove is like growing out of his fingers. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Demon Freddy. It's, he's yeah. really cool. But until Very. you know that, it's a little off putting. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I'd have to say, probably my biggest complaint of the whole movie is that. It really my big one of my probably my biggest problems with films a lot of a lot of films from the '90s and and how some of them will look a little too polished or too flat looking just like not a lot of uh, not a lot of over design in the uh, cinematography and or lighting design or set design or what have you and this movie especially if it's like Wes's return after all the way back to the first movie. It just looks a little too looks a little too pretty for my taste. It's a little too, it's just not as interesting physically looking to me. It just feels kind of flat and a little too pretty. Am I making You're any crazy. sense? Oh Jesus. <clears throat> God forbid they try to get better at their craft. Okay. <clears throat> you know my least favorite part about New Nightmare is? What's that? There's no appearance of Super Freddy. <laughs> all right here we go i actually all the nightmare on elm streets <laughs> from favorite to least favorite oh my god <laughs> three J three one four five two seven six nice good thing you put six at the end good i love it though those are all better than any Friday 13th. That's all I know. What? Whoa. <laughs> he's just, now he's just trying to start up shit. He wants me to yell and cause an echo. Team Freddy. That's right. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Wait a second. She does a Wicked Witch in the West impersonation in the, in the Freddy's Dead movie. Come on. Isn't that awesome? Or the Freddy Power Glove. Come on. Uh... Nintendo's cool. <laughs> I had one of those. Come on. I related. 
Well, you're not scary either. Okay, Dustin, here uh, you go. <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't have a particular favorite order, but if I had to pick my favorite, it'd probably be three. I'd say three for sure. Yeah. What one did you put first, Jason? Three. Okay. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I'd say it's a tie between three and New Nightmare. Ooh, for the first place spot? Yeah. Nice. Mm. That's just how standalone New Nightmare is. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like how I like how it's a little more serious. I mean I like, you know, Freddy making puns and stuff, but I kinda like the, the seriousness of it. Yeah, they pulled they pulled back the Freddy humor immensely. Obviously, because he's obviously not Freddy Krueger. He's this dream demon. And, you know, why would he make jokes? I guess. Yeah. Well, he does some some Freddy stuff, like the tongue. You know, a really long tongue coming out of the the furnace and. Yeah, and which is cool because it feels like there's moments um, with the with the the dream demon in New Nightmare that is like. I mean, well, there's yeah, several moments throughout the movie where they're like pulling, pulling things from the other films, mm-hmm. as if this is what the dream demon knows because this is what he's birthed from. And he's and he's he's cold in this movie because he's got a jacket. <laughs> oh, it, was the, it was the '90s. Put a duster on him. <laughs> he's he's from hell. He's on Earth now, and he's cold. I think the trench coat look should come back, but that's just me. No. I'm not a... mobile. <laughs> <laughs> I have a real question for you, Mike. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and <laughs> Terry made me think of it when she was talking about why she liked New Nightmare. And I have this feeling that you don't like when franchises stop ad numbers. <laughs> you, you mean just the, the whole number counting thing? Yeah. What, are, are they ashamed? What's going on? Do you not... What's your feelings? <laughs> Terry liked it that it didn't... That was called New Nightmare? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm If you're talking this specific example, well, I'm fine with it because it is... I think it's just enough to connect it to the franchise and just enough to stand on its own as well. So I'm cool. And I think that's kind of the point of not numbering this one. You know, but I mean, but then then you go back to what about Freddy's Dead? That one wasn't numbered either, mm-hmm. because that one should be left out of the franchise. Hey. So moving on. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I haven't have I really voiced my opinion on that. Not on the show, but I and have I, this feeling that it could bother you. And I guess it de- I guess it depends on the franchise. Oh, I don't, I'll listen to you. No, I don't know. I don't. I guess maybe I don't think I've really thought about it that much. Okay. Okay. I mean, personally, I like the numbers because that makes it easier to fit on my shelf alphabetically. Okay. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I wondered. Don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Leatherface, that didn't bother you? No, it didn't. Chainsaw even though 3. they, even though they still called it Chainsaw Three, but no. I honestly can't say it ever has really bothered me. If I've bitched about it in the past, I can't remember why now. So, okay, I've I've grown, Jason. Wow, let's. I gotta write this down. Where's my pen? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you Russell, what I do Russell. hate in franchises. No, I'm just kidding. 
Ah. Yes, give me some hate. <laughs> oh, Terry, did you have a list of uh, from top to bottom of the nightmares? Oh my gosh, that's so difficult. Um, well, yeah. for sure. Not really, because there's only one right answer. Um, no. Um, <laughs> well, my top two are definitely uh, one and New Nightmare. Also, let, let's point out that it's Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I didn't really say this before, but it's like, bam, Wes Craven's back, bitches, because those are the only two that he directed. Yeah. Which is obviously why they're the best, because he's the best at Freddy movies. <laughs> <laughs> but have you seen part three, Terry? Yeah, have you? I have, and part but, three is my is my third favorite. Okay. I love part three. But Wes Craven had his hands a little bit in the script on three. I think he he did. He yeah. did one of the treatments or approved one of the treatments or something like that. See, wow. yeah. that's oh, what I'm God. saying. It's Wes Craven. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I can rank the the rest of them off the top of my head, but. I might. I think I'm gonna say one, then seven, then three for my top three. She's okay. just gonna change the question. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So moving on. Um, Dustin, what about you? How about a film that you want to talk about? That's meta. Well, I was looking um, on the list here, and I see Behind the Mask, and I don't think we talk about that movie enough, enough. if at all. <laughs> if at all, yeah. Um, that's probably one of my favorite, if you know, because uh, of meta films, the the word I just learned a, a couple uh, hours ago, and <laughs> so I would have to pick that one. It's probably one of my favorite movies of that uh, genre. Um, just because it's, it's, you know, filmed in that documentary style and, you know, and, and starting in a documentary style and then going full on movie and, and it's, it's like two movies in one. It's, it's happy and funny and, and, you know, lighthearted and then it gets dark and scary and, and just, I don't know, it's just a really solid film. Not a lot of gore. Doesn't need to be. It's effective without it. And you just love all the, pretty much all the characters that are in it. Um, I'm scared that this movie is is going to either be remade or something's going to come out identical, and people are going to probably, you know, be like, "This is this one's better" or that type of thing. I just because because this one doesn't need all the all, all the gore effects and and all the all the craziness. This one, I think, this is just. <coughs> With this type of movie that it is, I think it's it did an almost perfect job at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, last, I mean, still trying to do the sequel. Oh, are are they? I don't, I don't know. I <coughs> well, that's I, been talk for years that they were working on a sequel and just can't get the funding for it. Oh, well, you know there would have to be a sequel if it's if it stays true to its formula. That uh, Leslie Vernon talks about, so <laughs> he, he would have to come back. Yeah, yeah, and it does a lot of the same same things that Scream did, as far as like 
literally explaining the rules, but told from a different perspective this time, which is cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's showing you from the eyes of the killer about what he did <coughs> to <coughs> trap the teens and to making the teens think that, uh, you know, something is, is bad. <laughs> but yeah. it's, 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 it's cool thinking about it from the killer's point of view. You know, for example, he's like, I got to keep them in the house. You know, if they leave the house, you know, then, then it's over. You know, I got to, you know, got to got to rig up all the all the, the tree branches outside the house. So if they try to escape, they're just going to fall. And, you know, all, all the tools, all the weapons uh, are rigged to where they're going to fall apart. You might get one good swing out of them. I mean, it's just it's just cool things that if <laughs> it's awful to think about. But if you were that type of killer and you were going to do something like this, you know, what would you do to prepare yourself <laughs> into uh, killing these teenagers? It's kind of cool because it's like a, a kind of like the behind the scenes from the killer's perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, when you watch Friday the 13th movies, you know, especially some of the earlier ones, you think to yourself, I want to see those scenes where Jason, where Jason Voorhees is displaying all the dead bodies all over the cabin for the final girl <laughs> to find, you know? He like yeah. strategically places bodies everywhere, like he's like he's doing feng shui or something, you know. But yes. <coughs> yeah, we uh, watched uh, last Friday the Thirteenth. We watched um, Jason Takes Manhattan, and I we watched it with a, a group of people, and I didn't realize how bad the uh, uh, Jason is is right here, and then all of a sudden he's right where that person ran to. You know, yep. like that movie is probably one of the worst at doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you you think about the Leslie Vernon thing about how he's talking about how he's got to do all the the cardio and and working out, <laughs> and making it look like he's walking the whole entire time and catching yep. up to them. Like it's just it's just cool to think about that in a in a in like a real world perspective almost. Applying <laughs> <laughs> that to the other films. Yeah. <coughs> Sam, have you seen Behind the Mask? I, I have not. I need to. Yes, you do. Whoops. Terry, <laughs> Terry, have you seen Behind the Mask? I have. Ah, tell us about it. <laughs> um, it's awesome. I kind of watched this movie on a whim for the first time. Like some, someone's like, "Oh, hey, I have this movie," and they hadn't seen it either. Like someone gave it to them as a gift, and so we're like, "All right, let's give it a shot." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good." a hidden gem that I was not aware of. Um, but super meta. Yeah, like Dustin was saying about, I love all of the scenes where he's he's showing you how he walks so slowly and then all that sort of stuff is hilarious. Um, I was away for a second. Did you talk about like Robert England? His no, I haven't talked about that. The Dr. Loomis character as well. Yes. I, that's what I like to call him. They call him something else different in the movie. Because yeah. uh, <coughs> he gets excited about it when I, when he shows up. He's like, that's my... that Or that is a blank. I can't <laughs> remember uh, what he called it. It was it was, a, it was an interesting name. But yes, he's like... I call him the Dr. Loomis character because that's pretty much what he is, you know. Doc Halloran was his name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I love his character because, you know, he's kind of the, the good guy on the, he's on the opposite side, I guess, trying to track him down. Um, also, 
uh, Scott Wilson's character was fun. I don't know if you talked about him too. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's like the the I guess you could say predecessor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love as much as I love um, the main character, the guy who plays Leslie Vernon. Um, the support cast in this is just so excellent. Like, it's just such a good ensemble cast. They're, they're all so deadpan about everything that it comes off so hilariously. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, and I'm trying to think that uh, there's a couple of cameos in it as well. I know the the lady from Poltergeist plays the librarian. Uh-huh. She does a really good job of just setting the tone, because you know, in her part, because it's filmed documentary style for most of it, but then it'll flip flop back and forth to you know, to I guess cinema mode. That's what you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that her part is like in that cinema mode, and it's yeah, really good. What do you think, Jason? I really like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember we made you watch it. <laughs> yeah, that was several yeah. Friday Thirteenth parties ago. <clears throat> yeah, or it was fun to watch it with somebody who hadn't seen it before. I think I like I like I liked it more with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've heard about it for years, and people had always talked about it. And you're like, no more. You're gonna watch it. Yeah. <laughs> And I was mad. I'm like, why did I wait so long? This is so good. Hint, hint, Sam. <laughs> yeah, see, now we're going to have another party and make Sam watch it. Yes. So he can enjoy it like that again. <laughs> what? What's the backstory in the mask in this movie? I always thought it was like a goofy looking mask. Oh, you're right. It is a goofy looking it mask. It is a little goofy. I don't think they, I don't think they talk about where it it stems from i think it's just but he makes it kind of scary yeah 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 yeah, for sure like i know when we were watching it dustin was like this might be my hell or my Halloween costume (laughs) but i don't know what that mask is yeah like it it, would be hard to make i think it's just what i think you could do it with paper (laughs) yeah plaster paris I wouldn't do plaster Paris. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, hey, Sam. Sup? Meta movies. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know what? You had a terror firmer on the list. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. And uh, I just watched it for the first time. Oh, for real? Yeah. And? Well, and. Wait, wait, before we ask and what his opinion is, <laughs> let's first, your feelings on trauma in general. In general? I mean, I loved him. Okay. You know. Okay. So now, would you think of Terra <laughs> Woo, dodged a bullet. <laughs> what do you think of Terra Firmer? Oh, no. <clears throat> I loved it. I think, you know, it's one of the better Troma movies for sure. Yes. Mm. Yes. Probably it's probably one five. of my favorite. Yeah, for sure. 
It's it's definitely one of my faves. Yeah, I just thought because you know, I mean, Troma already kind of you know satirizes the genre, mm-hmm. and I thought they they did a good job of like satirizing themselves. So it's almost kind of like you know even more meta in that sense. But no, they just you know really go all out with the shocks and the exploitation elements. Their yeah, bread and butter. What, Jason? Their bread and butter. Yeah. For for those who haven't seen uh, Terry Firmer, Terry, um, <laughs> it's... Hey, what? It's, you don't... Okay, yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> all right, so I thought. Next movie party is Terry Firmer. Uh. Um, it's, a, it's a trauma movie uh, where... It it's about trauma, but people are still playing fictional characters. Like Lloyd Kaufman is in it playing the director, but he's not playing Lloyd Kaufman. He's uh, his character is actually blind, so he's a blind movie director. Um, and so basically, <laughs> it's it's everything that you would expect that happens on a trauma set, slightly amplified. Um, and then there's this serial killer that's going around killing people on the set or or um, off the set. People that are working on the movie, just people start dying. Special effects go wrong, and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, it's it's hilarious. It's it's over the top. It's gory. It's got some boobs in it. It's everything you want. Everything you want in a trauma. <clears throat> Hermaphrodites. Hermaphrodites. <laughs> Ron Jeremy. And Ron Jeremy, yeah. And and uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> yeah, as always. Oh, and and a weird little PSA at the end of the movie starring uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no purpose in the film whatsoever. <clears throat> but it's still so awesome. Yeah. yeah, I just love... There's, like, so many puns in this movie... Just like really bad puns, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it's one of their better films, and and also in my opinion, is probably in my, in my opinion again, uh, the last of their good films. I think it really they really fall off the rails after that, you know, and and I get it, you know, like the whole self parody thing, but they. They did it in Terra Firmer, so let's stop doing it in Toxic Avenger 4 and Poultrygeist and all those, so. Jason? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Terra Firmer? I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I agree with you guys. I, I love it, and it's my second favorite trauma film, probably, and... I remember it being wonderfully gory, and I liked it. Okay. Dustin, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I was just going to let Terry burn there for a little while. Yeah. It's got to me. (laughs) 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 I have not seen Terry Firmer. Oh. Oh, wait. Oh. So many things I want to say. (laughs) I've never bit my tongue this hard in a while. Okay. 
Um, let's see. So Move, moving on. on. <laughs> Quickly. Moving on. Yes, <laughs> we can. It's joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's joke. <laughs> it's no, but I, you know, I. You asked the question to Sam. Do you like trauma? Yeah. And I, I like trauma, but I felt I feel like I kind of grew out of it um, at a certain age, and when I tried to return, I felt like it had already surpassed me, or it had. Uh, <laughs> And maybe I maybe I returned at the wrong time because I I tried to watch Toxic Avenger four. Dude, it's garbage. Don't worry it, about it. You're fine. I had, <laughs> I had I know, but I had to turn it off. But like I, when I watched, it, I'm like, well, I guess this is kind of how I remember it being this ridiculous. But maybe I was just so young and immature then that it didn't, you know, like I just wasn't seeing that. But I don't know. I mean, I. Maybe I but have see- you revisited the ones that you did like? Oh well, yeah. I mean, those. Well, yeah, those will always stay with me. Those ones I'll probably always like. But I mean, they haven't stopped making movies. I just, you know, I, 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 like I said, I grew up, and I'm like, okay, well, that's. I don't need to go back to that. And then, like, I, you know, I got older, and then I went back, and I, I still love Toxic Avenger. I still love Class of Newcomb High. I love those yeah. movies to death. But then you know I'm like, well let's <clears throat> let's see what they're still doing now, <laughs> and, yeah. and and then I come across that. Uh, man, I haven't seen. Eh, you guys have talked so much about Poultry Geist that I will probably never watch that. Right. Um, but you know, I I just need to see Terra Firmer. So see, that's that's yeah. why I think you should see Terra Firmer because. I'm sitting here telling you that I love Terra Firmer, but hate everything that's come since then. Yeah. I don't like Toxie 4. I don't like Poultrygeist. Still kind of on the fence on Return of Newcomb High. Um, I think I think there is probably part of me that outgrew some of that toilet humor to the point where it's just like, okay, really enough is enough. But also at the same time it feels like it's it's the exact same joke over and over again and it feels like the joke comes before the story and that <laughs> bothers me in any any type of film that's why parody movies suck because it's all about the joke and then trying to de- trying to fit it into some kind of coherent story and nine times out of ten it doesn't work it's either not funny or your story is a mess and that's what happens in trauma you know, in these in these later films, like Poltergeist, the part one of the things that bugs me the most about Poltergeist is that when the when the uh, the chicken dead are attacking and our heroes um, pull out guns and start blowing tur- these turkey zo- chicken zombies away, it's like, and they they get these guns by writing it off on one cheesy bit of dialogue. It's like, oh, how convenient there was this uh, there was this. Um, trunk here full of all these guns what were these doing here oh well and you know instead of like doing something like a normal writer would do and that is establish maybe that trunk in the first act somewhere even if it is a bad joke but establish it first and then come back to it in the third act it's like oh hey we got these guns i don't even care if at that point you say oh, hey remember when we established that in the first act yeah that would have been fine but just to just kind of throw it in there to be like oh man we got to figure out how to explain all of a sudden why these guys have guns. Ah, this one bit of line right here, two pages before they start shooting. 
That's yeah. that's horrible, lazy writing, and I want no part of it. <laughs> right. Wow. <clears throat> you could give me dick and fart jokes all day long, and I'll laugh as long as the story's there with to back it up. You could give him dick all day long, he said. <laughs> Minus a couple words. <laughs> hey, what are what are good trauma films? Who are you asking? Yes. <laughs> Everyone, maybe? Yeah. What are ones you like? I've already said the ones I liked. Oh. I mean, I like more than that. But, obviously. Obviously, those first ones, like... Tromeo and Juliet, the you know the Toxic Avenger, obviously. Um, I'm just trying to think of the some of the ones off the top of my head. I know that I don't like some of like those ones that they that they buy and and and. Oh, majority of that's garbage. <laughs> yeah, like Killer Condom is awful. Plus, it's like Biker Babes from, you know, I can't think of the rest of the name. That one's <laughs> fucking horrible. I mean, there's just there's some garbage out there that they have like. There's one acquisition I really like. It's called Teenage Cat Girls in Heat. That one's <laughs> that one's really good. That one's a lot of fun. Um, let's not forget <laughs> Cannibal the Musical was an acquisition. Oh yeah. Um, I still have kind of a soft spot for redneck zombies, even though I know it's horrible. And I'm sorry, your key selling point is is of the movie <sighs> being. The first movie entirely shot on VHS to be released, you know, like that's not a point. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there's a there's a few of the acquisitions I like, and some of them probably for nostalgia's sake. But majority of that stuff is garbage. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if I were to list the trauma films in order, I'd say Toxic Avenger One, Terra Firmer, Class of Newcomb High. Um, Tromeo. Tromeo, yeah, Tromeo and Juliet, and eh, there's part of me that still likes Toxic, Toxic Avenger Part Two, <laughs> and Troma's War, and that's pro. Oh, oh yeah, and, yeah. And I and I still kind of like Sergeant Kabuki Man in YPD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then everything else is like meh, meh, you know. Uh, Toxic Avenger 3 was basically just the leftover scenes from part 2. Um, and then and then after Terra Firmer, and that's when it just like completely fell off the rails for me with uh, the other ones that I've said. So, You know, Toxic Avenger 3 is, <coughs> is just the worst. But, man, is it an excellent DVD package. Holy cow. All kinds of awesome special features on for that part DVD. three. Yes, really? I have an amazing DVD. I don't watch the movie. I just watch the special <laughs> features. They have like quizzes, interactive quizzes. I, uh, you know, secret Easter eggs. I mean, this thing is fucking packed, and it's definitely worth the money. It just and I don't, we don't watch the movie. Like it's just it's that good of a DVD. Well, you could say that about pretty much all of. Troma's DDs. It's like yeah. the movie sucks. You're still gonna get your money's worth out of it because they load those with features. Um, oh, you know what? Another one I forgot. That's a total piece of garbage, Jason. <laughs> um, Tales from the Crapper. Remember that one, Jason? Oh yeah, that is poop. Yeah, no <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. But what's great about that one, and it's actually what's great about all those uh, all those bad ones. 
is like when, ter- when after they made Terra Firmary, they started this trend of doing um, making of documentaries, where basically somebody follows Lloyd around with a camera through ninety five percent of the production, and those things are far more entertaining and funny and gory than the movies themselves. Yeah. Like the the one for uh, Toxic Avenger 4 is like one of the greatest documentaries about movie making of all time. Uh Oh, wow. Really is. Yeah. Too bad the movie's a piece of crap. But you could see why it's a piece of crap when you watch the documentary. (laughs) It's like all these people blindly following this little Jewish guy who's kind of lost his senses on how to make movies. Or how to even treat human beings. Yep. Did I go too far? What's going on? Yep. Usually. Sam, did you say your favorite traumas? Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much listed them. You know, Toxie, Tromeo, Class of Nukemai, um, and Terra Firmer. I think it's a new favorite. And you said you just recently watched it too, right, Sam? How long ago? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yesterday. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, Dustin. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. even a, a fresh perspective on it, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it's stupid humor, but it's it's so clever. Well, I don't want to watch a just... trauma movie by myself. Like, trauma. I feel like if somebody Sometimes walks in some... on you watching yeah. a trauma movie, they're like, ugh. Like, they judge you. <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> what are you watching? Well, those movies are more fun in general when you're watching them with a group of people. Which we still have to get together for the return. Yeah, maybe we should just have a trauma party. That would be fun. Because I I so want to watch Terra Firmer with you, Dustin. That's a goal for me now. (laughs) We should because I want to watch trauma movies, but I don't want to watch them by myself. See? It's tough. Have you seen seen any trauma movies? I have seen some, yeah. I, but I, most of them have been in a group. I feel like I tried to watch one at one point and like fell asleep. Not that I don't do that with a lot of movies, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've seen uh, Toxic Avenger and I've seen Sergeant Kabuki Man in YPD. Um, yeah. I think we I watched part of Class of Nukem High before falling asleep because I do that. Not because it was boring, but I was gonna say, yeah, it's definitely not the movie. Like, yeah. I can maybe understand falling in on the grand scale of trauma movies. I can understand maybe falling asleep during Sergeant Kabuki Man, because yeah. well, ver- yeah. versus the rest of their catalog, it is a bit tamer and again does kind of drag on. Doesn't get to the to the punchline as fast yeah. as the others. Well, and it's just I don't know. It's just. They, they're more group movies for me than something that I'm going to go out of my way to watch, I guess. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Man, I'm trying to remember some cool, more cool stuff about Terra Firma. Um, best death scene is token fat guy Joe Flyshaker getting eaten by the escalator. That's pretty good. I thought, I thought you were going to say the, the fat naked guy who gets to run over. <laughs> Which is probably so okay, many so fat naked since, guys in this movie. Ever since uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, where they spent the time and money to shoot a car flip, 
and they spent so much money on it that they've used that same footage in every trauma movie since then. And I think like this this was probably one of the one of the better uses of that car flip because it flips, lands on that guy's head, kills him, and then blows up. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. See, and Tara Firmer's got a sweet making of section two on it because like they show the they show the day which was the last day of filming when they shot the naked guy running through the streets um of uh like running through the, the streets of um um times square oh it was awesome he like about knocked over some old guy and the old guy was kind of standing around looking pissed off and confused and they hurried up and covered him up with a robe before the cops showed up and it was awesome yeah, it's so nuts. It's like, how did they get away with that? Because he's just going through, like, fucking straight through New York. Yeah. Guerrilla filmmaking, man. They just ran out, did it, and took off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no permits, nothing. Just did it. <clears throat> Trauma party sounds fun. Mike's belly will pop popcorn. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Cool. Wasn't that in a true movie? Movie? Yes. Which one? Oh, that's you got to come to the party to find out. Oh, it's gonna bug me all night. Like they rip open the belly of some fat person. And there's popcorn on the inside. No, <laughs> it's in huh? Trauma Hill and Juliet. Sex scene. And oh, she's that's right. Gets pregnant. Dream sequence <coughs> thing. Dream sequence. Yeah. Which is also the first appearance by the penis monster, which they used that creature effect in every movie since as well. Well, if you had a penis monster, let's not keep talking about that. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I gotta check out Terra Firmer, guys. Movie party, it's on. Jason, have you brought up a meta movie yet? Nope. Okay, so moving on. Um, (laughs) I have questions about your list. All right. Monster Squad. Okay. um, What's meta about that? That's a great question. I don't know if it's because, like, if you think about, like, Shaun of the Dead, or even Scream for that matter, where um, what makes it meta is that it's it's that genre of, of horror film where there's characters that are inside of that movie acknowledging those type of movies and the rules of those type of movies and stuff like that. So maybe that's what makes Monster Squad meta, is that these kids are part of a club that has seen all these monster movies, and they have the monster test and all that, and then they're dealing with those monsters, those same monsters in real life. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah. And Fright Night, is that the... Fright Night, I guess. Yeah, I guess the horror host thing, but the horror host thing is just a character trait and not really tied into the plot. I mean, yeah, they're dealing with vampires and he's supposed to. Well, I guess because he is. He's more than a horror (laughs) host, that's right, because he was a horror host based on the fact that he's a retired actor who starred as this character who hunted vampires. So maybe that's what made him meta. It's a meta. I pulled some of these from lists. I looked oh. up lists on the internet, 
And the only reason why, like, Fright Night and Monster Squad, I actually put in on, on our list is because they showed up on more than one list that I looked up. So I'm like, well, it must be legit. More than one person thinks so. <laughs> but the more I think about it, the more I think about Fright Night, the more I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe it is meta because of the whole thing of, like, he is an actor who starred as a vampire hunter who now in real life is a vampire hunter. And he's using his, hmm. he's he's using the um, techniques from his movies, like, you know, not seeing the vampire in the mirror, or um, making the vampire drink holy water, or using the cross, which which is like a direct lift from a scene from one of his movies that you see at the beginning of of Fright Night, where he like holds up the cross and he's like back demon back, and he does the same thing. Only Peter Vincent isn't afraid of the cross. Right. <laughs> not not Peter Vincent. Sorry, Peter Vincent is um the vampire. Um, the hell's the vampire's name? Jerry Dandridge. Of course, Jerry Dandridge Jerry that. is not afraid of the cross. <laughs> Fucking love Friday Night. Yeah. But see, and that's where like cause some of those lists had the remake on there as well, and I could not for the life of me make any connection to Meta with the remake because he's not a horror movie host or horror movie actor in the remake. He is. A TV magician, isn't he? Yeah, he's like yeah. a Chris Angel sort of guy. Yeah, so I didn't get any meta connection from that one, unless I'm forgetting something. Unless, huh? Jerry Dandridge was credited as Jerry Dandridge, the guy in the car <laughs> in the credits or something. Yeah, that's I don't know. Oh, uh, Chris Sarandon. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, there's nothing out there is for one tiny sh- scene? No. Oh. Um. <laughs> no, Jason. <laughs> no. First of all, first of all it's, I mean, it's, it's two tiny scenes. Oh. But no, I mean, that whole that whole character trait was nothing but... Uh, all the dialogue that came out of his mouth was like, oh, in horror movies it does this. In yeah. horror movies it does that. Uh-huh. And like... Yeah. No, so no. that one's super meta. That because that one that one's scream before scream happened. Right, rip off. Got it. And then Gremlins <laughs> two is only for that breaking into the wall in the film thing. Prob probably it kind of. I mean, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> where they don't come right out and say it in Gremlins two, but it really feels like that uh, Gremlins two kind of knows it's a movie kind of thing. Yeah, it, it straight up satirizes the first movie over and over and over again throughout the movie. Terry, were you gonna say something else about there's nothing out there? Um, I don't think so. You were. St- I'm sorry. I thought you started to say something. Probably. I forgot already. Oh. <laughs> you've, seen like it. you've seen it though. I have. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, because that one character, and and like if you listen to the commentary track on it, there's the scene where the kids show up, um, to go skinny dipping in the uh, in the pond, and they, the people come out and they're like, you need you guys need to go, you know, you're not supposed to be here, and then they leave, and if you listen to the commentary track, um, he literally says that those are characters, that um, that um, escaped from their movie and ended up in in the wrong movie, and then they had to go back to their movie. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, had the director on the show. Yes, we have. We've had 
roll fucking on here. <laughs> Another one of my favorites not on this list is Legend Has It. Yeah. Right? Right, Who's guys? Who's that? buddy. Very meta. You know, Jason, you um, <laughs> do an amazing job of always self-promoting us during our shows. <laughs> yeah, it's weird it's not movies. you. It's usually and you. It, it is It is weird. You know, I, and I get I'm the silent Bob it. to you. and <laughs> I get sheepish about it when you do it on the podcast, but I'm going to let it go this time and ask the people on this podcast who have who were not part of making this movie their thoughts about the movie and what makes it meta so you guys have at it i'm gonna mute i'll walk away so you can you just say negative things <laughs> right, i have to pee so jason should probably mute too because the toilet's gonna flush hair in a minute <laughs> so so sam why don't you start us what uh your thoughts on um legend has it <laughs> Uh, I liked it. I can't remember <laughs> too much. Yeah, about don't you it. love it when he puts you on the spot like that and then <laughs> leaves? He doesn't. What a jerk. No, totally. There's like lots of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. That one guy has that monologue. But uh, no, I just I love sure effects and all that. Really? But uh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Really. <laughs> <laughs> No, the plant monster's cool. Plant, plant monster's monster. cool. Yeah, plant monster's great now. Man. I love plant <laughs> monsters. It's good. Check it out. I mean, it yeah, doesn't. I it doesn't just break the fourth wall. It also like interacts with the viewing audience. You know, there's like that drinking game shit, and yeah. I always thought that was. I need to mute. Jesus, what are they doing up there? <laughs> Okay. You guys talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's 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 great. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I'm trying to think back to. I just remember the first kills in the movie. That's what's coming to mind at the moment with plant monster and whatnot. Um, yeah. Dustin, are you recalling more of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, the, you know, those those parts are are probably the, the, my favorite parts of the movie is definitely when, you know, he's talking to the camera. Um, and one of the, the more clever parts, I thought, were, was when the main character was talking to his girlfriend and was coaxing her through, uh, of, you know, being in the movie and then all of a sudden being self-aware um, yeah you know doing that and my my favorite part in the whole entire movie and it's so <laughs> subtle is when the plant monster ah, it's near the end and you guys do a shot of the the light guy yeah, <laughs> on the, yeah. Off to the side <laughs> they're out of ways to kill the plant monster and they, <laughs> they find this cord laying on the ground and yeah, that kind of pans over, and there's Bruce holding the ki- holding yeah. the light guy, holding the light. He's like, "Oh shit, you're not supposed to be filming me." Yeah. <laughs> That's just subtle and really funny, and it's just a, a break from that uh, from that battle there. Yes. Kind of now that I've seen, um, there's nothing out there. Yeah. That 
yeah, it makes me. You guys were kind of inspired for sure. Inspired from the the Mike scene and the there's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That was fun. fun. <clears throat> yeah. Shit. <laughs> We always talk about doing sequels to that, you know, because at the end they, there's two different other movies involved and they all go into this other dimension that could go about anywhere and you just pick up again and yeah, make another movie in this cool fourth wall breaking universe. Always Do it! Could be really fun. Yeah. I love movies that break the wall, so that's awesome. Breaking the wall, breaking the wall. <laughs> <laughs> breaking the wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just playing back the movie. And my, how how long did you think we were going to talk about this movie? Jesus. Has anyone, have any of us not chosen a, a meta movie? I think we all have at this point, haven't we? Pretty much, I guess. Yeah. yeah. If that counts as mine, the one I wanted to talk about is I saw Birdman on a list, but no one else has watched that. And I know. I have it here to watch. Yeah, so does Mike. It's not a horror movie. So. Well, screw you, Mike. <laughs> is that your way out of not watching the film I gave you a month ago? Okay. It yeah. hasn't been a month. Well, yeah, that's the yep. part that's keeping you from watching it. When it's a month, then you'll watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so what all what all I missed? Guys talked about uh, Legend has it. It's too else? late. Yeah, we just got done. Nice. <clears throat> um, who's all seen uh, Human Centipede two? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. It's it's really meta because it does it does kind of what the town of Dreaded Sundown did. It uh, the first movie is a movie in this movie, and there's a copycat uh, killer. I guess you could say this guy is obsessed with the movie, um, jerks off a of sandpaper, and decides he's going to also do a human centipede, but he's going to do it bigger and better than the first one. Instead of surgically graphing these people together, he just like puts them together with like staples and, and tape, and he's not very good at it. I hate the Human Centipede movies. I'm just putting it out there. I hate them. But you loved it before you saw it. The, con- the concept <laughs> sounded cool, but you base the whole movie on the con. If you're gonna make a movie that's a disturbing on a very disturbing concept, then Put some disturbing material into the movie. It's all just, you know. Um, Are you just, that desensitized that someone asked the mouse or graphic? It's, just, it's not. You need some hardcore ass the mouth action. What do you need? Yeah, I do. If that's I, not just, disturbing enough for you, what's the problem? It's just the whole movie just rides on just that one thing, and. It Are you talking about the sequel? Is it this? I mean. Either of them. I mean, two is a bit more entertaining because more stuff happens in it. <clears throat> but yeah, Man. it's hard. Yeah, not a, not a fan of the films. I'll probably still see the third one if it ever comes out. But 
How many are they supposed to do in the third one? Asked uh, Mouth. It was like a human train. Yeah, it was really, really long this time. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. What does that have to do with any of it, anyway? What do you mean? Like, why does the amount of people <laughs> matter like, to so the story? That's <laughs> like, not I even. Need to see some that's, hardcore asked about. That's, if that's it's not going state line time. to state that's line, not, I don't even. It's it's like hands across America, but. <laughs> Different. But no, what does the amount of people have to do with anything <laughs> about the films? I don't get that. Uh, that's the whole point of the movie. So. Well, okay, here the the first one. I I when I watched it, um, I I had a, I don't know like a a feeling of dread, a terror. I tried to imagine myself if I was in this position, and if I had to be in the position, obviously you'd want to be the front runner. But uh, it would suck <laughs> to be, you know, the tail end, obviously. And, you know, th- the thing that I, it gets me the most is when they kind of get out and they're trying to go up the stairs. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're together, you know, and they're just in, you know, all this crazy amount of pain. And I try to think about, like, man, if this really happened, if I was really in that position, like, would I have this, like, the strength to do this? Now, just imagine being tethered to, like, 20 people. Like, you can't do anything. Like, if they had you in a basement and you had to go up the stairs, I'm not sure if you'd make it. Like, you'd have to, you'd have to like, rip apart. So, I, I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a sense of, like, terror involved, you know, of just trying to imagine if you were in that situation. But I don't know. It, it, was, it was The first one was kind of frightening to me. And, Mike, I agree. And then there wasn't a lot of things that happened that were too exciting in that first one. There's virtually no replay value. But I can't comment on the second one, so I would assume that it would be even more brutal because it's supposed to be in real life because in that universe, the first one's just a movie, right? Yeah, and here's the thing. like It, it is far more fantasy in the second one than it is in the first one. Like The first one felt far more grounded in reality uh-huh. than the second one where the first movie is a movie in the reality. I'm hurting my brain here trying to explain it, but and it was neat that they shot it all in black and white. That was kind of a cool device and there was a few um <clears throat> few interesting things that I, I did like about it, but just just again it was just like over the top enough that uh that it it did not have any feeling of reality to it. So but again, my biggest problem with the first one is that it feels like it's all just hinged on that concept. It's like he came up with this concept of three people being sewn together and didn't bother to do anything else with it to develop it. Because I watch when you watch movies like this, these kind of you know torturey films or you know these graphic or these over the top graphic horror films like uh, Martyrs or whatever. <clears throat> Uh, the thing that you latch, or like hostile even, the thing that you latch on to is the characters and, you know, the, 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 the nervousness you get for these characters and hoping that they get out of the situation. I couldn't give a rat's ass about any of the, no pun intended, about any of these guys being <laughs> sewn ass to mouth. I didn't care. I wanted them to die, actually. Those two girls in the first, in the yeah. first act of the movie was so freaking annoying. Like, I couldn't wait for them to get sewn to an ass so they'd shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. 
Which still didn't help because then all you heard was muffled whining the whole rest of the movie. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't wait for their, that one. <laughs> we'll put that out as a soundbite for yeah. commercial for the next episode. <laughs> couldn't wait for that mouth to get sewn up to an ass. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> Oh, I forgot um, another meta-interesting thing. The second one is like one of those actresses from the first movie shows up in the second movie playing herself, and then she still gets sewn to somebody's ass. Oh, God! <laughs> Jesus! Like, she... So uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of funny and, and pretty meta because it's the same thing happens to her, but she's playing herself now instead of the annoying character she was in the first it, movie. Is it worth checking out? Should I go put it on my Netflix queue? I'd say it's worth giving it a single watch, especially if you have that gore hound in you. Um, there's Because there's quite a bit of gore. Some of it for just pure shock value, and some of it's got to be seen to believe. When I said that he masturbates with a piece of sandpaper, that's for real. Um, there, There is the most disturbing mutilation of a baby in a film I think I've ever seen oh, God done by its own mother and but hilarious and ridiculous and dumb all at the same time so I'll leave it at that so that's <laughs> got to be enough to make you want to watch it right well yeah. now I'm intrigued I might have yeah. to check it out and it's worth it I think it's worth it for Lawrence Harvey he's he's a cool guy and it's kind of the movie that kind of broke him out and and uh, and he's really good in it. He's creepy as hell. You meet him in real life, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's not intimidating at all." But he'll scare the crap out of you in the in the movie. So, hmm. so sandpaper, anyway. huh? All yep. right. All right. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Oh. Okay. Well, let's see. Um. Well, I'm, you know what I'm surprised Dustin has not brought up yet on this episode? What's that? There's one movie on this list that I thought for sure he'd jump all over. I know it's one of his favorites. It is? <laughs> yeah. And that's Seed of Chucky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That, one, that one's extremely meta. I've closed the book on that, so whatever you guys want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so meta. You got Jennifer Tilly playing two parts, playing her fictional character, Tiffany, and playing herself in real life as well. You don't see that every day. There might be a reason for that. <laughs> uh... So nobody see the checking? No. How's Tucker and Dale meta? Uh... Yeah, Terry. She just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I saw it on the list. Uh -huh. <laughs> I knew it. Okay, so here's why it's meta. The actual, who you find out to be the actual bad guy of the movie, does all those Jamie Kennedy-isms in the first half of the movie. He talks about the rules, and he talks about, like, you know, this is... Yeah. yeah. Huh? He does... He does that through the whole first half of the movie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he sets up the urban legend and As a matter of fact, he there's there's component there's things in it that he 
Because, like, traditionally in these, like, backwoods, people lost in the lost in the woods things, they, they don't think about things like, hey, go get to the road and flag down a car. And this movie, they do that, but then you have the one kid that, that keeps trying to be the cog in the wheel of actually trying to do the logical thing. Like, he's purposely keeping these kids in this situation, even though there really isn't a situation. It's all just built up in their own brains. Are you not remembering who I'm talking about, Jason? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to make it connect in my head. Count, <clears throat> count in my head. Yeah, because yeah, he's always like, in these situations, you do this. and I mean, he doesn't straight out call it horror cliches like Jamie Kennedy does, but... Uh, you know, it's, it's basically doing the same thing Jim, Jamie Kennedy was doing, only he is doing it for more nefarious purposes. I like when you say nefarious. <laughs> Have I ever said that before? No. <laughs> One time, ten years ago. <laughs> I've been waiting ever since to hear it again. You know what my uh, okay? I love Tucker and Dale, but you want to know my least favorite part of the movie is when it ends. Yeah. You want to know my second least favorite part <laughs> of the movie is how it opens. I don't like. I, I don't know. That scene kind of seems pointless to me. Where it's like the news reporter on the scene, and like, and first of all, it kind of gives away the ending if you're really paying attention to it. But she's on the scene of like, you know, these deaths happen here, blah, blah, blah. And then the killer jumps out at her. I don't know. It didn't feel like it fit in with the rest of the movie. Hmm. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't remember that. I remember it, but I mean, it's so short and vague that it doesn't. I mean, yeah, when you go back and watch the second time, you realize, but. Yeah, yeah. And, and. You know, it's yeah, it's a minor thing, so minor that nobody else in this podcast remembers what I'm talking about. It's just, it's what it's it's the stupid uh, sickness that just about every horror movie has. Where they try to tell you the ending. Well, where they, it's like here, let's it's the start of the movie. Let's get you scared and let's make it scary, or let's have our first kill or our first jump scare and title sequence, and then you know what? I bet that's exactly why it's there. Because, like, really... It doesn't start the, very fast, yeah. The quote-unquote horror element doesn't happen for a good long time. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. <clears throat> that's a really good point, Dustin. I didn't even think of that. That totally makes sense why that's there. It doesn't fit with the movie, but it makes sense yeah. why it's there. <clears throat> oh, I kind of really want to watch that right now. God, I love that movie. And it's one of those movies that I know I can watch um, over and over and over and over again, but I purposely don't because I don't want to ruin the movie for myself, you know, by watching it too many times. Am I the only one that, that thinks in those terms? I put this movie on when I'm, like, cleaning house, which is, like, the most unproductive thing to do ever. <laughs> and because uh, I'm like, okay, I love this movie, but I'm the same way. Like, I don't want to watch it over and over and over again. So I'll I'll put it on during something like that, but I end up just sitting down and watching it. So hasn't ruined it yet. Just you know, for your information, Link. Cool, good, good. But you watch movies a hundred times. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, 
I know, but there's those times, there's those movies. I just, I don't know. So when you do uh, watch a movie a lot, you don't really like it a lot. That makes sense. What? Sometimes there's some <laughs> there's some movies there's some movies that it's hard to me to go back to because I've seen it too many times. Dude, dude that's a whole other episode. We could do a whole episode of analyzing uh, my. Oh my! Another therapy points. session. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. And we're going on for two hours now, so we should probably start wrapping it up. I think this has been a good episode so far, guys, because we really haven't um, covered a ton on the list. But what we have talked about, we've gone in depth on, and that's great. That's exciting. So I just want to throw out some other titles before we we move on here and take a break. Um, Movies that were on the list that we didn't cover. Rubber was one of them. I'm glad we didn't get to that one. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Oh, he doesn't like it because yeah. it's awful. That movie it's makes me mad. I w- if <laughs> I want to see a movie about a a tire that kills people that has kinetic abilities. I don't want to see this like over the top like you know. I'm trying. We're trying to say something about our audience thing here, and it's whatever. It's bull crap. No. It's too. It gets too artsy fartsy. So for its concept. Um, popcorn. You guys ever seen popcorn? Yeah. No. I've eaten love. Yet. Yeah, it's good. It's Isn't awesome. It it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember loving it. Love that movie. Love it. And I kind of question its meta because, um, I mean, sure, there's movies within the movie, but it's not connected to the same genre that the movie's about, you know what I mean, if that makes sense? Yeah. So, but Popcorn's great. Targets is another really good one. That was, um, and I don't even know if I necessarily call it a horror film. Well, it's kind of borderline. Uh, It's an older film. It's Peter Donovich, Peter, how do you say his last name? Bon Donovich's uh, first movie, first, and when he was uh, still working for Corman. And basically, Roger Corman said, "You can have this kind of this amount of money here um, to make whatever movie you want. Uh, two rules is that um, one, you get Boris Karloff and you get him for a certain amount of days, and then two, we have leftover footage here from the movie Terror that you have to use in your movie." So he couldn't figure out a movie that he can incorporate this footage from this like um, Victorian-style horror film. So what he did is he made a movie about a retired a retired horror, horror movie actor, and he used the footage at the beginning of the movie like they were watching the final reel of the movie, the, the last movie this guy had made. So it's kind of a cheap way out, but hey, totally made it meta. So, <clears throat> and I think it's kind of ingenious at the same time. Waxwork this was another one that was I saw on many lists. Um, just I, I guess probably because like uh, what makes it meta is like the fiction of the the fiction of this reality is also fiction within the reality. I guess um, Shaun of the Dead, which I know we talked about a lot. Funny Games. It's kind of a bummer we didn't get into that one. That one's crazy when it gets to the meta part of the movie. Cabin in the Woods and uh, a man named Bruce. A man named Bruce? <laughs> he keeps saying that. I, yeah, he says it wrong. Or my, what the hell's the name? My name is Bruce. My name is Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> no, 
Movie sucks anyway, so it don't matter. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just being serious. Well, we're going to uh, go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Do you find your life lacking meaning and purpose? Do you get up every morning and say, there's gotta be a better way? Are you a horror film fan and don't understand why your friends and family hasn't seen Necromantic? Do you know people who say that they love Jason from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Are you bored with your current podcast? Do you find yourself answering these questions out loud and getting weird looks from other people in your office? Well, now you never have to worry about those nasty stains again. Now you have a meaning to your boring, miserable life because now you can listen to... Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's right, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast has all the vitamins and minerals for a well-balanced breakfast. On Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can marvel at the crew as they discuss various horror films, such as High Tension and High high Tension. Listen with your ear holes as the attackers pick a topic and then derail from that topic for at least an hour every episode. Be extremely disturbed as you learn the true love Insane Mike has for his Jason Goes to Hell DVD. But wait, there's more. The gang at Attack of the Killer Podcast give you their guarantee that every episode will contain at least two hours of in-depth horror discussion. Or at least until they get bored, which usually happens after about the first 30 minutes. Listen to what this satisfied customer has to say about Attack of the Killer Podcast. Who the hell are you? What are you doing in my bathroom? So don't wait. Follow the rest of the mindless sheep and listen to Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast can be heard at attackofthekillerpodcast.com or at stitcher.com. You can also follow Attack of the Killer Podcast on Facebook at Attack of the Killer Podcast or on Twitter at AOTKP. So act now. Offers limited. Operators are standing by. Blah, 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 blah. We're back, and it's segments time. We just got done kind of going through our list of meta movies. Um, do we have any shout-outs, Jason? Yeah. Okay. Yay! It's time for... Shout-outs! So on shout outs, I asked, what are your favorite meta horror films? And our pal Jack Christensen says, what does Dustin think of the female Ghostbusters? <laughs> what? I'm fucking pumped. It's not like they didn't already dull the legacy with the second <laughs> flick. So that's, that's what we have for shout outs. Dustin, you'd like to reply to that? Uh, that's not about like meta movies, but... <laughs> I know. Um, it doesn't matter. I want to know too. I want to know what you're. Yeah, we all want to know what Dustin Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking sick and tired of hearing all this goddamn news about Ghostbusters and nothing getting fucking done. Forever. So I don't care what the hell they do. Just do it. I'm seriously do every something. goddamn week. It's like, hey, Bill Murray might be doing it. Oh, hey, we got a bunch of girls that are gonna be in it. Great. That's fantastic. <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> 
I saw another so rumor right, about though. like something with Channing Tatum or something what? too. Yeah, yeah, another whole like Ghostbusters like yes, a whole separate. In- yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Great ideas. Yeah. Those great <laughs> ideas. Fucking do them. <laughs> yeah, the Basically last. The- yeah, the last Basically, 10 years, every month, it's, uh, now here's the new news. And it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, basically, yeah. The, the newest news is, like, everything that you're hearing of as rumor is all happening. Like, Dan Aykroyd's going all Star Wars universe with it, where there's going to be several films, several different films. There's going to be a... Yeah, the who all cares? Female cast Just one. do there's one. There's going to be an all-new male cast one. Yeah. So to answer his question, yes, I'm pumped. But I slowly get less and less pumped every week when I see a new news article come out. And it's just like, blah, blah, blah. This is it. And I'm like, man, this is, this is great. But, like, I'm, I might be dead when it, comes, like, when it comes out. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's go over to Wicked Words with Wear Tear. Maybe... Um, if she's doing a Ghostbusters novelette, ow, maybe uh, ow. Dustin won't be so angry. What good words were there? Disclaimer before I start the segment. There are several Japanese names in this, so forgive me if I quote unquote pull a mic on any of them. You need him to pronounce them for you? Uh well that that could be fun, but (laughs) that might take a while. Uh, So let's just let's just roll with it. Right. Um the book slash movie this time around is Audition. Um the 1999 film directed by Takashi Miike and the novel by Ryu Murakami. That's probably kind of close. Um, But there's really, this is pretty short and sweet, there's really not a ton of difference between the two. Um, I think one, the only really thing that stood out to me is that the sex scene in the movie is very brief and doesn't... I mean, the one in the book is much more graphic and prolonged. Mm. Uh, hmm. But, yeah, no, wow. I, this was the first time I'd ever seen Audition. I know it's, like, almost, like, 15-ish years old. Awesome, but, though. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. It was beautiful. Um, oh. All of the... I love minimalist shots, and there were a lot of those in here. Lots of mm-hmm. cool lighting and set design. And I thought that kind of suited the atmosphere of the book as well. So I thought it was very well done. Although the con, the whole story is just kind of strange in and of itself, if you think about it. It's almost romantic comedy turned horror film I don't know um, is everyone here familiar with Audition have you all seen it I've seen the cover like yep. a bazillion times on Netflix and I've just like never pushed play on it oh it's <laughs> awesome 
Love Is it. it on Netflix? I didn't think it was on Netflix. Oh, it had been at one point in time. It might not. It might not be anymore with the way they're you know flush them in and out. Well, the general gist of it is that this man, um, let me look at his name so I can try to pronounce it. <laughs> A Aoma, I think that's close. Um, he is a widower, and he's kind of come to the point in his life where he thinks it may be time for him to pursue a new wife, but he doesn't know where to start. But he happens to be a filmmaker, um, and so his fellow filmmaker decides, hey, why don't we hold a fake movie audition and you can look for a new wife there? So it's kind of just silly and weird and wrong at the beginning, and it, he kind of becomes obsessed with this one um, audition e or audition e, I guess, and it just unravels slowly, and there are just these looming foreshadowing moments throughout the whole thing, and but um, it was really good and creepy at the end. It just kind of goes full force in the last. Uh, probably a third of the movie but in comparison to the book pretty similar not a whole lot different short and sweet not a very long book could probably do it in a sitting or two so if you like the movie you should check out the book awesome Woo. how about when that fucking bag moves you just shit right in your pants oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> ugh I think the worst thing for me was the vomit. Oh. When she vomits into the bowl. Uh, yeah. Gets... Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's time to move on. Great segment. Great segment. <laughs> oh. Okay. Time for some insane pigs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, how's everybody doing? Awesome. Ready for some insane picking? <laughs> okay, so I debated on what movie I was going to do. Uh, I saw some real gems over the weekend that I thought about uh, doing as an insane's pick. Jason knows what I'm talking about. Um, but I watched a movie just last night that I decided I'm going to do as my insane pick. Oh. Now, it's a movie that I thought, yeah. Now, it's a movie I've always wanted to see from way back in the uh, um, 70s. Uh, it kind of falls into that uh, rape-revenge sub-sub-genre. So I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a horror film. Definitely an exploitation film. Uh, from 1973, Thriller, A Cruel Picture, also known as the... the, uh, uh, the oh, what was the alternate title of it? Crap, I didn't write it down. Um, Girl with One Eye, I think, was the alternate title of it. Anyway, this movie, this movie, um, didn't, I wouldn't say it lived up to my expectations on it. This may also be kind of maybe like an insane's unpick. I don't know if I would highly recommend this movie <clears throat> unless you really want to get into, uh, uh, some of the exploitation films of the 70s or 80s. <clears throat> so, what this movie's about, there's this 
there's this girl named uh, Frigga, I think is how you say it. She's Frigga awesome. Uh, <laughs> she gets apparently sexually assaulted as a small child um, and that whole scene is really kind of left wasn't quite sure exactly what happened in that scene but because of that it uh, resulted in her being mute for the rest of her life so now she's in her she's got to be in maybe her late teens I'd still say a teenager because she looks really really young and she is going to the speech therapy classes. She ends up getting um, waiting for the bus uh, for the, for her to get her to her speech therapy class when she gets picked up by this guy named Tony in his little sports car. And he takes her out to eat, wines her and dines her, takes her back to his bachelor pad, you know, wines her and dines her there. Uh, but uh, she ends up passing out because he slipped something in his wine. So you're like, where's this going to go? Um, he calls up his doctor friend who comes over, shoots her up with highly, highly, highly addicted heroin. And turns her into a heroin addict over the next several days. And forces her, um, forces her to uh, be a prostitute for him. Keeps, keeps her locked up in this room um, and basically keeps her on heroin or else she's going to die within 48 hours if she doesn't get a heroin fix. At first she's reluctant. She tries to escape a few times. Um, and She's reluctant. She, uh, she tries to escape a couple times and like her first quote-unquote John shows up and she scratches his face off. And, and so for punishment he comes in and cuts out her eye. And for those who are not paying attention to the Saints pick, <laughs> the name of the movie is Thriller, A Cruel Picture. I don't think you said it. I totally said I, it. I don't think you did. You just got all like trying to talk about it and not say it. You forgot to say it. Listeners out there. Um, I'll edit it story. out anyway. So. <laughs> son, of a, son of a bitch. Sitting here trying to read my notes and... Listen, you guys on reading you guys on Messenger be like, he didn't say the name of the movie. What's the name of the movie? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I want to know. I paid attention to all your guys' segments. Whatever. Always. Uh, always. Yeah. I am paying attention, but seriously, I I, I really I don't think don't you recall did. You saying it, but I was listening attentively. I said thriller, cruel picture, and then I also said it's also known as and couldn't remember the alternate title. Oh. Oh. I remember that part. You know where you messed up? I remember that. <laughs> of course you remember that part. <laughs> of course you remember that part. Yeah. Now, anyway, yeah. Here's the here's the weird thing about this movie is that she again, she's mute. So a good a good there's hardly any dialogue in this movie. Not a lot of dialogue at all. And so and there's not a lot of music score either. Uh just when like things get intense, they do some haunting music or you know, uh when some of the action starts or when some of the more um, graphic stuff happens. Uh, they 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 throw in some music stingers, but other than that, it's 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 pretty musicless. There's not a lot of sound to the movie. There's certain points of the film where I thought um, I had the, my TV on mute, so I'd had to turn it up, and then something would happen and blow my ear holes. But this movie, the problem with this movie, I'm not reading what you guys are reading, so. 
called Thriller. <laughs> a cruel. Is a Michael picture. Jackson video. What is it? Okay. I haven't gotten to the good stuff yet. So this whole movie, <laughs> this whole movie is an hour and a half of a montage. Like this movie uh. can, all plays out in montages. Like it's just montage after montage. When this was like when you when you're when they're trying to establish of her going down the rabbit hole of being this prostitute and shooting up heroin, it'll show a shot of her of 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 her getting slapped around by some guy she's supposed to have sex with. Then it'll cut to a shot of her shooting up heroin. Then it'll cut to a shot of her crying at the ed edge of her bed. Then it'll cut like there's there's very little narrative scenes going on. It's all just uh, vignettes and montages. But the most messed up part of these montages is that there is actual um, explicit triple X uh, uh -oh. sex, sex scenes spliced into this movie. Close up shot of penetration going on throughout this entire movie. Rather jarring the first time. Actually, it's jarring every time you see it. <laughs> but. Uh, because because it's obviously not the same actress and the same actor, so it just cuts straight into a boom nurse penis and vagina. There you go. Weird. Covering the screen. Yeah, it's very weird. Very weird. And again, it's all just it's all just uh, montagey. So it's just like, you know, there's one and and at some point, he, she gets a cut of the pay, so she saves up her money. And when she goes and when she is allowed to go out, she goes out and she hires people to teach her. Kung Fu teaches her how to how to drive really fast. Uh, teaches her how to shoot a gun. So you get this, this like hour long mo hour long of montages of like here's a shot of her learning how to do karate. Here's a shot of her shooting up heroin. Here's a shot of penis and vagina. Here's a shot of her shooting a gun. Here's a shot of her learning how to drive. Here's a shot of penis and vagina. Like what? What's what? 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 What the what? So Were the shots of her taking heroin real. Her taking inter heroin. <laughs> interesting enough, I did some facts, some fact searching on this movie. Um, they weren't real; it wasn't real heroin, but she apparently actually did Ugh. shoot a needle into her arm. Oh. Salt and water. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Saline. Uh, Saline. That's normal. I guess uh, that's dedication to her craft, then. I guess that's man. normal. F that. Okay. And also the scene where they where the where Tony cuts out her eye, it does one of those extreme Italian close-up shots of the eye of the razor blade cutting into the eyeball. But here's one thing that the Italians didn't do. Used a real corpse, used a real cadaver and Whoa. cut into the eyeball of or the close-up shot of the of the knife cutting into the cadaver. Uh, according to IMDb, it said said that that was rumored for years, but the lead actress a few years back was doing an interview and confirmed that to be a reality. Ugh. Yes. Wow. So, a movie with real cadaver cutting in it oh. and hardcore sex scenes. Yay! It's a family <laughs> film. Mm. The most annoying part of this whole movie is when when she finally does get her revenge. Um, and she gets revenge on on every character that you see in the movie that has done her wrong. So, not just her um, captor Tony, but um, the people that have um, got her for sex. There was this one guy who uh, was always really rough with her. This kind of um, buff guy. He was the first guy to get shot and killed. And then there was the guy that all he did was make her strip naked, and he took pictures of her. Weird. And then there was this woman 
that required her services quite a bit. So that was kind of cool. Anyway, so he, <laughs> she kills all them and then ends up killing Tony. But every time she shows up with her big sawed-off shotgun and her trench coat and her one eye, it cuts to slow motion every time she shot somebody. Like there's no build-up or suspense. Uh, um, um, there's no build-up or um, suspense in any of these scenes. It just goes like you know, knock knock, door open, blammo. But to create some kind of like real tension or emotion or suspense, suspension or something, they just they do every single one of them slow motion. So of course you see how bad the squibs are because it's all shot in slow motion. Um, yeah. She. <laughs> She beats up a couple cops, and even that, they go to... It's just, like, super extreme slow motion, too. Which, that was kind of cool, because she would, like, do a do a punch to one of the cops, and the cop's head whip backwards, so you'd just see this, like, stream of blood that he spit out of his mouth, and this, like, cool trail that you'd see, like, something you'd see in, like, a Matrix movie or whatever... So that was kind of neat, but by then it was like too little too late because we'd already seen like 20 slow motion shots. So <laughs> so that's Insane's pick for this week. It's actually more of an unpick. Uh, I was a little disappointed in this film after hearing about it and reading about it all these years and finally getting to see it. And it's, it just turns out to be one big montage and cut in with a lot of slow motion scenes. So the movie again is called Thriller, A Cruel Picture from 1973. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Oh my god. Awesome. Okay, so that that concludes another episode of a Tech of Killer podcast. It's a pretty good one. Thanks everybody for being on. Good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, Sammy. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for being totally. here, Sam. It's a good one. Yeah. And thanks out everybody out there everybody for listening. So until next time, we'll see you again here on Attack of the Killer. Oh my God, I almost made it the whole episode. Almost did it. Right at the end. We'll see you next time. Bye. Oh no! Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer.